Sorry, good afternoon. Sorry, I thought it's um, you know, races are usually done or rather start by this time and then it goes into the evening. So, um, good afternoon to everyone. Um, as well, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. You know, um, thank you for joining us today. Um, first of all, I would say it's the events of um, Baku have been very interesting you know um thank god um no safety car you know um mainly just mechanical um issues you know um teams benefited from the a few teams benefited from the vsc you know um credit to max and um checo you know for taking the one two maximum points um for the weekend you know and then um also, Mercedes as well. Um, also, well, we well we both know that the third. We all know that the third fastest team, you know. And then um, with the DNFs from both um Ferraris, there was like that was just the only um possible um thing that could happen, you know, with Mercedes being on the podium and one of them taking P4, you know. So um yeah. Um we're gonna look at that, you know, um as well as uh Daniel Ricardo. I don't know, it seems Daniel Ricardo seems to have bounced back, you know. So yesterday someone on here said um um Ricardo was going to bounce back and I asked when well it looks like he's bouncing already, you know, and then um has been has, you know, mechanical issues, um, Vettel in the points. Personally, I feel um, Vettel should have been driver of the day, you know, because um, especially when he's in a team that he's just doing, yeah, he, he, you know, 
finishing P6, you know, um, quite decent results. But one thing about Vettel and Baku is that um, Vettel has a good understanding on the, of the track, you know, and then he's been, he's always been fortunate in um, Baku, you know. So, um, you know, I believe last year he was on the podium when Perez won, you know. So, um, um, good race for, um, what's his name again? Vettel, you know. So, um, yeah, I'll just go around the room, you know, and um, let everyone share their thoughts on um, the Grand Prix so far, you know, and then um, we go from there. Um, so, um, guys, please um, raise up your hands um, if you would like to speak, and then um, we'll um, go on from there in that order, you know. So, um, but I know I remember having um, cars and vibes on here earlier on before everyone else. So, cars and vibes, I don't know if you would like to go ahead. Uh, okay, um, Abdul, please go ahead. Thank you. Um, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Um, so, win number 25 for 24 year old Max Verstappen. And um, I remember yesterday, people were saying all sorts. Um, Checo will deck him, Max is in a tight spot, he will make mistakes. And then, um, to all those who said it, well, we'll be re I'm ready for all of them today. And then, um, yeah, it just shows that Max had the pace. Ferrari, did, um, Red Bull did not bother about getting pole and everything. They set up their car better for race pace. And Max clearly had the pace on Checker because he pulled up, he pulled a 20 second gap. I mean, that is that is huge. So big up to Red Bull. Red Bull won two um, from Ferrari having a 46 point lead to them having a massive deficit now in the championship. And the championship is really interesting. And then Canada is another sweet track that um, we can't wait to go forward. And um, once again, the Ferrari PU, I mean, we have to discuss that. That PU is for Gazi. Almost all the DNS today, if not all, were Ferrari um, engine issues. And um, 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 if they continue like that, I'm very, very sorry for them. And then um, just to round it up finally, George Russell again again finishes ahead of his teammates. Mr. Consistency again finishes ahead of, the, ahead of his teammates. We'll have a discussion on that. That's all for now. Thank you, um, Abdul. Um, so guys, please, if you'd like to um, speak, please raise up your hand, you know, and um, if you'd like to tweet about the space, use the hashtag for Niger. And then, um, yeah, so um, C, um, Cheesy, sorry. Cheesy, then Adekola, please. Okay, um, sorry. Good afternoon, guys. Well, we all just saw the race. Red Bull, like, I can't hate them today. Like, they were totally on it. Like, they didn't even have to do too much. They just cruised to a one-two victory. Like, even though personally, I'd have preferred Chaco to win. But, I mean, I can't hate on Max. He was absolutely spot on today. Like, um, Latif said and a 20-second gap towards the end and they were even telling him to pull down like towards the end. That's how Spoton they had their strategy. Well, Ferrari, I mean, I don't know if this is bad luck or as in just um, them being or I would call it irresponsible or just not knowing what to do exactly. That's why they scoffed it at Monaco and today now they are, as in, through no fault of you know, 
like the PU just blew up. And I think it blew up on the, it's still the same PU issue on the Alpha Tauris and one has. So obviously there is a problem there that we have to talk about. They have to sort. Then another issue is I think the FIA has to step in on this proposing issue because a lot of drivers are complaining about it. And I know, yes, yeah, some team have it sorted that it won't be fair to them for the FIA to mandate everybody to have like a, a height limit on the cars. But I think it's hurting more drive, most of the drivers now, so that needs to be looked into. So yeah, congratulations to Red Bull. It was a stellar race from them. And again, Mercedes, this is, in having a bad season, I think they are somehow there to pick up the scraps when everybody is messing up. So I give them a, an E for effort because they are, they are doing what they are supposed to do. But um, again, Latif saying um, George finishes ahead of Hamilton. Like, if you watch the race, you can see that like Hamilton gets a lot unlucky in these situations. Like, yeah, being as in George out qualifying him makes him the priority in, in the pit stops. But then um, Mercedes bring him immediately after um, Russell for the double stack. That's, I don't think that was the right thing to do in that situation. Yeah, all, all is well that ends well. He, he ended up with fourth. But I feel like he has been unlucky in terms of strategy. Maybe. But still, it was a stellar drive from him. I think he was one of the people that gave us entertainment in this race with his passes. And the way he managed is, so yeah, that's my contribution. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, Cheesy. Um, Adekola, please. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Sunday. Uh, it's I don't know. I I feel the fact that Red Bull issues showed up at the early stage of the of the season, it's becoming like an advantage to them. And because now, uh, to a very large extent, it's, it's looking like they've they're on top of their um power units and all of that. The only thing they are still struggling with is probably the rear wing and the DRS and whatever. And at least they, they've been managing that very well with the sister team with duct tapes and all of that. So it's, it's still a good thing because I feel if your problem should show up very early in the season and you could fix it is better than what is about to be happening with Ferrari now with four cars having um problem in one Grand Prix and this two engine that had problem with the main Ferrari guys are not that old basically like they just took the PU I think three races ago and now like Leclerc is having like a proper engine blowout it's not really good for the championship and I think we might come back to this race and, and, and say this is probably where Ferrari and Charles lost like the, the championship because the gap is just getting wider, especially on the constructor side of it. I think uh, it's not over. I, I won't say Max is running away with the championship because um, two DNF and Leclerc and probably Sergio will be ahead of Max. But I feel... Ferrari should have had all this problem earlier in the season. It should have been better for them. Because Ferrari, as we all know them, they don't do well in, in developing their cars. They don't do well. At times, they even develop backward, then have to revert back. So that's uh, my take uh, with the double DNF um, Ferrari experience today. And for 
for Max, it was a brilliant brace today. It's looking like Max could literally win from any any position he could manage on on Saturday. It's looking like it. He has won from P4 this season. He has won from P3 now, P2 on pole. Like just name it. This guy just kept improving and improving. So it's it's very very good. And um, I do I really don't know what's wrong with Perez this race. He suddenly just lost the pace. But um, I'm sorry, Adika, to come in on there for Perez. He said um, it was tire degradation. You know which. Resulted in um, him losing a bit of peace. But the tag degradation was so rapid and sudden, don't you think so? Because, okay, let's agree he pushed for the opening lap and a couple of laps after that. Even when um, uh, they had that uh, opportunity to uh, put on the hard compound again, the deficit was still there and it was increasing. I think it's more of, of a setup. At this point, because uh, Christian Honor was, was hinting about that yesterday when he was in being interviewed after the qualifying, and he said something like, "Max has been uh, has been moving towards the race of recent." He specifically says that. So I I I don't know. I'll see. We'll see how the uh, post race whatever develop. But I I think is is becoming obvious that Max is always looking towards the race setup compared to qualifying because it's not very very obvious because if you say it's tired degradation they both they both had a pit stop and put on the hard compound and the gap was not reducing like it was increasing like increasing increasing so i don't know maybe we'll get to find out more as um the as the uh, when we have more debrief about the degradation and the telemetry and the data and all of that Thank you, Adekalan. Um, Imade, then Adebayo, please. Um, guys, that or oh, please, if you like to um, speak, just raise your hand up. Thank you. Um, Imade, then Adebayo, thank you. All right, yeah, good afternoon. Um, I don't want to say much. I just want to, I hope lots of the people, we had a very intense argument yesterday after after quality about um the qualities of Perez to Max and lots of people were saying how um, Perez is going to actually teach Max a lesson and all that and I can remember one of lot I think me and some other people said it there like you can you can dislike Max but don't disrespect his talent this guy is very talented Perez is the supposed tire whisperer he could literally not manage his tires on a track that is not abrasive. And if he even pushed, as Adikola said, probably he pushed in the early stages of the race. If he pushed at the early stages of the race, I don't think he went over three seconds to Leclerc, who was in second. So this literally just less than 24 hours ago, we had a discussion and we have been proven right there. Yes, Perez is in a good phase good stage and has a very good car he can compete with but he's no match for max let's not disrespect max then to ferrari well ferrari is just being ferrari where i'm not surprised they've always had dnfs they come out of the blocks flying most of the time it has happened a couple of years and they just regress at some point so I'm honestly not surprised because we told Ferrari fans and they said all sorts. We told them 
you guys can't maintain this momentum because we have seen it. We have seen it since 2010. We saw it in 2010. Saw it in 2012. We saw it in 2015. No, 2017, 18, 19. So this is typical Ferrari. I'm not surprised. Then Mercedes also. Mercedes fans, before you guys will have my head. Um, before you would say um, Russell is, um, was lucky as well. Isn't this same luck? This isn't the same the luck that um, um Hamilton always had in time past. Probably it has switched sides now, and Russell is the one having. But Russell actually finished a pit stop and five seconds ahead of his teammate in equal car. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, those are the top three things I'll talk about. Yeah, thank you. Imadi, thank you very much. Uh, Adebayo, please. So, um, guys, I see um, a lot of hands up. So, um, let me just reset the order. Adebayo, Bolaji, Engineer, Salim, Papi, Smart, then Hassan, please. Thank you, guys. And um, please, guys, let's keep it within two, three minutes, you know, so everyone can share their thoughts. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, good evening, everyone. Uh, to, I know this week is going to be a very long week for me in terms of receiving bans because of Charles. But um, one thing I could remember in FP1 was that there was this lengthy conversation between Charles and Xavier over the team radio. It lasted for close to seven minutes where Charles was trying to get a reassurance from the team. You know, I think he pointed out that something was wrong with the power unit. And I think Xavier kept on shouting to Max, to Charles rather, that it wasn't a power unit failure, whatever, whatever, that nothing was wrong with the power unit. And they ended up saying that um, Charles pressed a wrong button. So I, I, I think I would want to pay any amounts to just witness the, <laughs> to witness the showdown that will happen when they arrange the brief, right? Because your driver can't point out um, a potential issue with your power unit right in fp1 and um having the opa units get completely blown out right during the race i don't really know what else they want to tell the guy so for me right i think charles keeps setting himself up for good race performance and um his team keeps like running it off right um monaco bash friday calls barcelona power units whatever they had over two weeks to fix up tire deck for Miami. They didn't do that. But to me, I really don't know. And I think it's high time I, I um, started like pushing up my 2019 agenda of Charles to Mercedes. And I hope that the guy would um, probably see the light and begin to like team up with George Russell to come up with a PowerPoint for him so that I could get into Mercedes when... Lewis leaves in 2023. That's by the side. I think it was it was it was very, it was a dominant win um, for Max after the old issue happened, right? Um, over Perez, and I think by now I just want to rem- I just need the person that wanted to um, put a place a bet yesterday on Checo finishing ahead of Max, right? Uh, um, I'm very sure if um, the bet had occurred yesterday, that would be like one zero for me. Although I don't bet, but I think if the guy had placed the bet on 
any of the betting platform that have lost money woefully. And I think I should just um, we should just put like a thirty second silence for the guy for his lost funds. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I believe um, engineer, sorry, Balaji, please. Okay, thanks everyone. So I, I just to circle back to what Amade said. You know, at times it's it's so good when you don't have to wait so long for vindication. Because we just said the same thing yesterday that look, Checo is in a rich vein of form and all of that. But let's not be distracted and let's not get ahead of ourselves by claiming, oh, we're going to show Max one or two things. I mean, the moving suit on one, fine, very aggressive, very good. But like, he lost it almost because of his aggressiveness. He killed his tires. And Max was just being patient. He drove beautifully. It was a very calm drive by Max. And we only needed 24 hours, even to, you know, debunk any oh, Checo better than Max. And I look at it. Max is still leading the championship. Checo is in P2. And Leclerc, that had a 46-point advantage, is now in P3. And, you know, we told Ferrari fans that, look, the boy might be good, but, like, the team isn't good. And even the boy still has, like, chains in his armor and then, you know, it was, oh, I know this is a different year, blah, blah, blah. And now they had four DNFs, or very powered cars had four DNFs. And I don't think that's a good look to any, any team, any constructor, any team principal. So, uh, like Adekola said, it's not over yet, but, you know, Red Bull, I don't expect Red Bull to regress. They rarely ever regress. They only go forward. They are up, their updates are planned way ahead of time and they stick to that program so you know and like Adikola said they experienced issues early on they fixed it and look at how they are now and I still think that they haven't hit top form yet that there's still like a gear left and when they hit top form you know it's I think it's it will be over for Charles and uh, and Ferrari but for now great win for Red Bull and I feel they might also win again in Montreal so that's like two or three wins on the bounce, but you know, it is what it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Engineer Salim, please. Um, all right, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'll start by saying, yeah, like uh, Ferrari, what they've been able to achieve like from previous season that they finished like i think p what p4 or p6 i can't remember in the championship to um getting pole in six out of eight races is very commendable but uh they've utilized their development points uh their development tokens in well developing the car uh, properly but the only problem i see is that um with you have to have a balance between extracting performance and reliability. And evidently, they're continuously um, not able to achieve that because uh, I think 66.7% of their Ferrari-powered engines, they failed. You might call it uh, one had a hydraulic problem, but still, it's still interconnected. So I think... At the end of the season, like to the end of the season, it's going to be more of a reliability game than a performance game. And uh, the last speaker, Bolaji, was talking about like how Red Bull have 
uh, completely fix their issues. I think they are not they are not out of the woods yet. Let's just wait and see. Uh, similarly, I would like to talk on like uh, everybody that has watched the race has noticed the well the patches on Sonoda's wing. I, I think it's absolutely unacceptable. Let's just uh, take a. Uh, Let's just go back to, I think, Interlagos of last year, where Hamilton was disqualified because his DRS, his rear wing was, what, within, I think, 0.2 millimeters or something like that, something very negligible, uh, not within the limits. He was disqualified and he had to start all the way from the back. Then, um, like you could see that the the flap on Sonoda's rear wing, like there was a space, and like the you're not supposed to have that space when you're not using it, your DRS. So I don't know, like the FIA have to be very consistent with the way they applied the rules, because to me that car should have stopped. He should have been stopped. He shouldn't have been allowed to finish that race. And uh, the final thing I'm going to talk about is um, like the issue of Hamilton and Russell. Um, okay, yeah, Russell keeps out qualifying him, and it's kind of mind-boggling. But if you had watched like the end of the race when he was trying to get out of his car, like man could not move. He, he was in severe pains, so. I think uh, we have to also remember that this guy is like, he's 37 years old. And at that age, you'd expect, usually people would be at the like last lap of their career if their career haven't like ended. So maybe we should cut the guy some break. He did a great job today. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, um, Engineer Salim. Um, Papi, I believe you are next. Thank you. Um, um, Papi, Papi, we can't really hear you. Are you using um an airport or something? Maybe you could just take that out. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, very well now. Very All right, well, so thank I, you. Yeah, Carry so I on, think please. I just want to touch on Ferrari and um, Red Bull's um, issues. So I think the main thing is um, Ferrari, even apart from their reliability issues, the days, you know, they finished in Miami and all, their deck still, you know, still bites them, right? So even if um, Charles had finished the race today, there was there's still no match for Red Bull. And like I was saying maybe some weeks ago that Ferrari will continue to, you know, finish first in qualifying and Red Bull continue to finish first in in the race itself, right? Because the race the points come they've had four consecutive poles and no win, right? And it's only maybe like Charles had two DNFs and that. So I feel they're out of it to a very large extent because even on strategy they can't match Red Bull. It's still yeah I'm a Max fan but still look at how Monaco played out. Oh box box, stay out, stay out, right? So all of those things, even when it's, you know, 100%, 100%, they still can't. Um, and I think maybe to a very large extent, um, 
Carlos has had like a lot of bad luck um, this season, right? So, um, but I think overall, happy for Red Bull. And I think maybe Ricardo as well. I don't think anybody has touched on that, you know, at least finishing in the points after a very, a very long while. And hopefully, maybe we'll continue to wait till when um, Lewis will finish ahead of George, if that will ever happen this season. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, Hassan, please. And I'm sorry, Hassan, just before you go, um, Abdekola, I believe you are after um, Hassan. And um, guys, please, if you'd like to sp speak, please um, raise your hands up and I'll be taking down some people and bringing up others, you know, so thank you. Um, Hassan, please go ahead. Yeah, so hi, everybody. Good afternoon. So I just want us to flash back to Abu Dhabi last year when one man with glasses promised Ferrari fans that next year is going to be fun. And Charles Leclerc replied on the, on the radio. He was happy. He said he can't wait. All of that. I just hope that this year is indeed fun for them. You know, DNFing at half distance of the race. And when it's four of your cars in the same constructors are DNFing, I just hope they are enjoying themselves and having the time of their lives. Yeah, and I just wanted to compare the situation at Ferrari to what's happening at Man United, where you have all the good players in one team, but the team's fundamentals are just like absolutely wrong and off. Because like it is clear Ferrari have reliability issues, but they would rather die than admit they have reliability issues. The same thing happened in Monaco last year, where Charles slammed into the wall at qualifying. And rather than them changing the gearbox, they swore on their lives that like the gearbox is fine. Only for the start of the race, man is DNF again, like he did today. I just hope their reliability will improve one day. If not, good luck to the Ferrari fans. And now switching over to Mercedes, James Vows is still an enemy of states. How that man is still gamefully employed at this point in his life, I, I don't know. I literally do not understand. I just hope one day they will see that James is actually their biggest enemy in that team. And then Lewis Hamilton is, like, after the reason was getting out of the car, this guy is one of the biggest actors I have seen in my life. This guy was trying to form, like, his back was in that much pain. And he actually started this back pain thing since, like, last, since yesterday, when he was, like, moving away from the paddock. He was not putting his hand on his back, forming, like, his one 80-year-old man that is using walking stick to move about. This guy, I just feel like he's overacting because, like, everybody else was in the car with him. Alonso is older than him. And Alonso was not, was not acting as sore as Lewis Hamilton was. George Russell got out of the car fine. But only Lewis wants to form, like, he's on the verge of death from driving in that car. But, yeah. And then Max Verstappen, yeah. Good race from him. Solid race. We'll see if he can get the second championship this year. I think he would because, like, I mean, his only competition is Ferrari, and Ferrari are just rubbish. And then, like, to touch back on, George, on Charles Leclerc, George Russell is only 17 points off championship leader Charles Leclerc. I don't want us to remember that, that, like, it's only 17 points off him. Maybe if he DNFs in the next race, we can see Russell fighting for the championship too. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it for me. Thank you very much, uh, Hassan. Well, uh, Hassan, I believe on the Lewis Hamilton 
thing here. Well, everybody's different at the end of the day. Maybe the way he may drove the car, he felt that kind of way, you know. So, but yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, me, I believe. I'm sorry, Adikola. Um, yeah, it was meant to be Adikola. Guys, please. Um, it would be nice if your hand is um up. So, uh, if you want to speak, so um, Adikola, please go ahead. So we have Adikola, then um, Yemi, then Katrock, then Salim in that order. Oh, okay, hands are coming up. Okay, okay. um, Katrock, Makanaki, then Abdul. Thank you. Sorry, I'm Adikola. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to um, like say something about what Engineer Salim said. Uh, uh the Alpha Tauri guys have not. Uh, they didn't break any rule with what they did with the with the duct tape on the, on the car. And it's not the same situation with uh, the, the the comparison will we actually not fly if we put it into the technical regulation. What happens to Hamilton in Brazil is totally different from what UK's Noda suffer today. And they've not actually broke any rule. Uh, I can't remember the article, but it says if you are running on a track and you encounter a damage on the car, the only time the car could actually be black flag is when the problem with the car posed a, a, a safety challenge or danger to the driver himself or other racers. And what happens to Yuki is, is just like a, a DRS man, uh, man functioning. And um, that is the, the, the only time probably the, he might be penalized is if they continue running the car with that space there. So they did the right thing by getting that fixed and putting a duct tape on it. So they've not done anything wrong. If not, would have seen either that is under investigation or t other teams are trying to protest it. According to the technical regulation, they have not done anything wrong. Like, he can't be penalized, can't even be investigated. So they are still within the rules with what happened. And that situation is clearly different from what happens to Lewis Hamilton. They are very, very different. Then the second one is... Um, yeah, causing Lewis a break because his back is aching. I just, like the other guy said, he's not the oldest driver on, on, on the grid. Yes, people react to, uh, people people cope with situation differently, but I totally agree. Today, he's just been dramatic. There's this particular camera guy. I don't know if any of us pay attention with the kind of look he gave to Lewis Hamilton when Lewis was walking past him. Like the guy was like, What is it's more like what is wrong with this one? And the guy actually laughed and, and just walked away because it's just very, very funny, to be honest. Like, yeah, there, there's a way you could express your pain, but the whole trying to come out from the car, going back in, trying to come out, going back in, walking away, putting your your hands on your the, the thing is this whole issue he's having and some couple of drivers is having like we discussed yesterday is none of FIA's business because the purposing as we understand so far has to do with ride height if mercedes don't want lewis back to hot or if lewis don't want his back to hot he should demand a better ride height from his engineers and probably the the purposing will be much less and uh, and that I, I don't think at any point uh, FI is going to like blink regarding this proposing causing pain here and there because it's actually it's not something 
that is uh, constant with the car, whatever setup they choose to do. So the team can actually reduce it if they want to. It's just that they, they, they don't want to sacrifice any any ounce of performance to solve it. So if his back is aching, I don't know, but I don't see how FI is going to do anything about that. And I just feel he's just using his uh, big image to try to create that narrative, maybe to open more discussion, which is fair, to be honest. A sport is a sport, and it comes with politics, drama, and all of that. But it's, I just feel it's just being over-dramatic today. Thank you, uh, Adekola. Um Okay, guys, please let's just keep it within these two, three minutes. A lot of hands and requests. Um, Yemi, please. Sorry, Yemi, I know you've been here for a minute. So, um, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I just want to quickly address something like um, the narratives. Narrative from this very, very anti... I don't want to use the word racist, but I'm beginning to... Honestly, it's wild, but I can't imagine calling my fellow guy, you know, but... I, I I hear some things and I'm just like wow, like guys, calm it down, man. I don't know what is what's this thing about Lewis Hamilton, you know, acting like. Have, has anybody here driven an F1 car before? I doubt that, right? You know, and these guys are driving these things at great speed. We have head drivers. Lewis is not the only driver to come. Lewis has not really complained about it up until this weekend. Like they know, okay, everybody's bouncing. Russell has come out. Magnussen has come out. In fact, they had a meeting. The drivers had a meeting, and I all agreed except Alonso that the bouncing is a problem and I'm here. I have to argue with Red Bull fans that, you know, they say Lewis is pretending. I'm just like, what does the guy have to do? Like, what does the guy have to do? Like, you don't know. You don't, you're not in the car with him. You're not, you know, you're, these guys are driving these cars. We could see it on board. The commentary, everybody's like, you can see how bad it is on board. But, you know, your hate for the guy, your bias and lack of objectivity cannot allow you to just say, you know what, there, that's an issue. Fine, it's not, it's not the FIA's job to solve it. In fact, I heard that the team's blocked you know they blocked the they, they blocked the proposal to you know do some um, to change the rules last year in such a way that it will allow for them to you know to maybe raise the rider or whatever like you know so at the end of the day it's down to the teams but that doesn't that shouldn't take away from the fact that you know from 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 the fact that a driver is in pain and i'm hearing people having to say he's pretending people have never driven f1 cars in their lives i come here to say a seven watch time watch champion is pretending it's okay tell us that we know that you hate the guy i'll say admit it don't come out before me in, oh uh you know is it pretending like you know let's be objective right like at the end of the day it doesn't take away from the fact that it is the team's job to build a better car right a car that can you know that that, that, that has better right quality right but let's not let's not mask let's not hide behind hate and be calling the guy pretending like it's it's becoming every day we have to be a gaze is louis the only driver eh? he's not the only driver now you get you guys can hate on other drivers you know let the guy be he's finished i think he had a decent race he had to overtake two cars right um you know and uh i mean i think mercedes had a good race given the circumstances uh it's a shame ferrari like i mean ferrari are not being serious with this championship but guess what things can turn remember red bull you know max retiring from second place in two races, Australia, Australia and in Bahrain, you know, we thought the season was over, right? For them. Now things have changed. So things can change very quickly. So I, I would caution people who are celebrating. The points difference isn't that like at some point. Max was heavily behind. And, you know, so it takes, and this is a long championship where you're just in race, we're now in race eight, right? You know, we're not even near, anywhere near half this one. There's so much to play for, right? So I think ultimately, you know, Red Bull, Max, more points, good for them. 
Um, Mercedes maximum points, given the circumstances, good for them. It's a shame for Ferrari. I, they need to fix up as soon as possible. You know, but please, guys, let's calm down on this. Louis said, you know, if you if you are trashing the guy that okay, George is finished now, that's fine, like that's factual. But when you come in and start saying who oh, is pretending, you've never driven an F1 car before, you know, that's just like so. If you hate the guy, we know you hate the guy, but man, it's a bit appalling hearing all this bullshit. Who oh, is pretending? Have you died in the car with him? It's appalling now, but at the end of the day, you know, agenda must be driven, agenda must be driven. But when we are driving agenda for Max today, again, they have to beg and um, Perez to allow Max go through, like. If, like, oh, I'm just tired of seeing the people giving a hand to this guy, you know, to win. He was, he was past that shot of taking on, on pace, but the two pairs do not fight. Can you imagine? Anyways, but it's what it is, Sha. I, I do hope for a, per, um, for a Ferrari comeback. Uh, I think Mercedes will eventually come through. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Sorry, can you. I respond to that? Um, Masa, um, <laughs> please, um, quick, 10 seconds, please, because there's a long queue. Quickly. Okay, yeah. No problem. Let me bust your brain here. Me, I'm actually a Mercedes fan, and I'm a Mercedes fan because of Lewis Hamilton. I'm not even hating on him or anything, but like the antics he did today were similar to Neymar when Neymar gets tackled. This guy was walking like his back is totally broken, and then like for Canada, we should not even expect him to race. Like with the way he was walking today, we should not even see him in Canada or any forthcoming race. Did you see how this guy was moving, my guy? He was obviously acting at one point in time. There's nothing you can say about his back is spinning. His back is spinning, yes. But my guy was acting. That's all I just want to say. Thank you very much, Hassan. Miss Catrock, please, I know you've been here for a minute. And um, guys, um, I know guys that um, have requested, um, please, there's a bit of a queue, so um, you just bear with us while we get through um, everyone. You know, so um, thank you. Um, Miss Catrock, please go ahead. Hi. Thank you. So firstly, I think that Yuki Tsunoda was just crazy because the officials was coming to tell them that they can't send the car out and they send it off anyway. And I think they should get a penalty for that. Also, I actually feel quite happy for Danny Ricardo um, today because he drove really well. And all the people that had a lot to say about him, he was trying to make a bit of a comeback. With regards to Hamilton, I think it's absolutely crazy to say that he is pretending. What would be the purpose of pretending? At the end of the day, while he was driving, he was saying that he was losing sensation in his back. And it really is a health and safety matter because if he endured some sort of paralysis from this car while driving, it could cause a massive pileup. And it's not just him, it's the rest of the grid that would be at stake. He's also not the only one who's complaining about the porpoising, and it's not just Mercedes. So as much as it is a Mercedes issue, it's still a grid issue, and it's something that really needs to be addressed because it is dangerous. And I think that it's crazy that the FIA is happy to put all these drivers' health at risk instead of looking into a collective solution that could help the whole grid. Thank you very much, Ms. Catrock. Um, just quickly to add to what Ms. Catrock and uh, Miami has said, um, I think driving a Formula One car, yeah, there are so many um, factors that are involved. You know, apart from the bouncing, the purposing, and pains they experience, there's also dehydration. You know, if someone is extremely dehydrated, you will not be able to walk. You will not be able to 
function, you will not be able to think properly. So, um, especially, and we also, or rather, we all know how hot um, it is, you know, in that in that region of the world, you know. So, I believe we he was probably dehydrated, you know, because the drink they have is already hot, you know. You 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 probably need something cooler, you know. So, um, I would say everyone's body is different, you know. So, um. Maybe today my my just has have been one of those race days that have drained him, you know. So um yeah, that's just my um take on this, you know. So um yeah, so um okay, uh we have a new set of people. So um Jibola Junior Salim um Adibayo then Adikola, please. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I just came on to say that I don't necessarily agree what these guys are saying that Lewis is pretending and all of that. Cause I mean, why would he pretend to get work? What does he gain in pretending? Like since practice and even during the race, we heard him complain that his back is killing him and all of that, right? And we know how physical it is to drive an F1 car. I mean, I can't remember what race it was from years ago that Lewis drove like a madman. And I think he said he lost like four kilos or something like that. So you can imagine like how difficult it is to drive an F1 car, right? Then the pop poison was like really bad on Mercedes this weekend. So imagine like the physicality of an F1 car, then the pop poison issues added to it. And you know how Lewis is always very like determined and all of that, right? So that would take a toll on your body. And I mean, for the pop poison, it's up and down, up and down, right? So obviously it affects his back and all of that. He may have exaggerated it a bit. Fine, I can give you that. But see, he's outrightly pretending. I I really don't agree with that statement. So that's that's just all I wanted to say. Thank you very much, um, Jibola. Um, please, whoever I said is next, I've forgotten. I pick. Yeah, you said it was me. Good afternoon, guys. Carry on, please. Okay, so let me start from Mercedes. You, I heard someone was saying George Russell has been lucky all, all over. There are some things that you can't just put someone has been lucky to just cover the shit up. George Russell has been good the whole season, even though he and Lewis are both on the same team. I don't know what's wrong, but you can't say George Russell has been lucky the whole year. And besides... I think in Mercedes, every driver has the right to choose his own setup or something. I think I forgot. So maybe he chose a setup that is why he wants to race it, and Lewis chose his, his own. So maybe Russell's setup was the best for the day. So and it's not even just today that he has has performed Lewis. It's been like the whole year. So you, so those guys saying Russell has been, what do you call it? Has been oh. Has been so lucky. They should all just have that BS. It's not. It's not nice. It's not nice to say all this. And back to Ferrari. How can a team, a Formula One team with lots of data, computers, systems, whatever, and you say Charles isn't lucky? Then this is not the first time they have DNF this whole year. This is not like oh maybe they've been so good the whole year and this is just a, a DNF or something. This is not the first time they have a power issue problem. So you can't say Charles wasn't like, it's clearly the fault of the team. The team is wrong and their power unit is wrong. So they have to fix that damn power unit. That's the whole issue about Ferrari. So if you can't just use one, it's not like first time. It's, 
I don't. I think it's the second time Charles has had a DNF regarding his power unit. So all those things Charles wasn't like him. I don't buy that thing. And it's not even only him. It was the whole Ferrari power unit. So it's definitely wrong with the Ferrari power unit. So you guys should stop that. Charles wasn't like him. Blah 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 blah. It's not his problem. It's the team's fault. The team has an error or mistake or something wrong with the power unit. They should fix that damn thing. And Red Bull, Red Bull is, is, has the ideal car. No pearl poison everywhere. Nothing. Just straight, smooth sailing everywhere, every corner. And when it comes to the streets, oh my goodness. Fucking pace. Like, it's just nice to see their car just flying left, right, center. It's just nice. And, that, and I think Yuki, someone was complaining that Yuki had a patch or something. I don't know whether, I don't know that thing about that cello tape or something. I don't know what the rules regarding that cello tape. Clearly, the FI has to do something about it. And I, that ground, that this new regulation, using the ground cans for more aerodynamics, I just don't know who came up with that idea. It's clearly, though it's nice, but seeing Mercedes bouncing all over is fucking headphone and abysmal. Like, me seeing Russell bouncing up and down, just... Oh, it's just awful, just awful. And that W13 is shitty. W13 is shitty everywhere. They should fix that damn car, or better still, they should call it a year, then focus on W14 next year, so, so that they will know that this year they are using it to prepare for next year's car. That's all I'm done. Thank you very much, uh, Junior. Um... I believe we have um, engineer Salim. All right. Yes. Um, thank you very much, man. Yeah. So, um, so uh, right. please, guys, let's try and keep it within the time limit. You know, we still have a lot of people down. Thank you. Salim, go ahead. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, one thing I'm going to say, like uh, Adekola and Hassan were talking about how uh, Lewis has been, like, well, over-exaggerating how he deserves an academy award or something. All I understand is that you can't be like sitting in the comfort of your home, like watching the race, probably under AC, and you'll be seeing the guys over exaggerating. Um, the frequency and amplitude at which like that Mercedes was was purposing, I bet it was higher than like all the other cars comparatively. That's one. Two. Like vibrations, uh, they are a latent cause of failure, not just for like the human body, for large structures such as like oil and gas platforms, they've, they've, they've um, failed from vibrations, they've failed from resonance. Talk more of like the human body. So we're talking about the long-term health consequences of purposing on like the whole team, not just uh, Lewis Hamilton. So um, why why would he just be acting? It it's having a toll on everybody. I can remember like yesterday uh, after um, FP3, Russell was holding his back like a seventy year old man. Similarly, on like the issue of um, the rear wing not being uh, an infringement of the technical regulations, unless it poses a safety threat. Yes, it actually does pose uh, a safety threat because that uh, those appendages that they used to like stick it back, it could have gone off. And you usually have like um, uh, DRS failure where the flap doesn't actually open 
but this time, like, it wouldn't close. So anything could have happened out there. And talking about it's not an infringement, why did Jubawa, why was he running, like, after the car when the guy came into pit? Come on. That's all I have to say. Thank you very much, um, Engineer Salim. Um, I don't know, still on this um, Lewis thing pretending or Lewis is pretending. I would just say, I don't know for, I don't know if anyone does a bit of sim racing, you know. Okay, okay. Can I come in about that um, Lewis accent? Um, um, Junior, one second, please. Like, okay. if you've done a bit of um, sim racing, you know, whereby... Not I'm not just talking with pad, but with the proper steering wheel and the pedal. You know, you you you, are, you sit down in one position, you know, and then you're you are focused on probably doing 17 or um 30 laps. Yeah, it's not after after the race, you tend to feel a little bit of fatigue, no matter how um strong you are, you know. So imagine doing it in um, real life, you know, you probably don't know the experience as, as well as the other external factors like on the road and all of that. So, I feel uh, we should just give him a benefit of the doubt and then um, since it's something the drivers are complaining about, then is I believe is a genuine um, reaction from him, you know. So, yeah. Um, Junior, um, just uh, please 20 seconds because so that we just... Oh, okay, okay. Back to those St. Louis was acting. It's not acting. That you driving from now, the amount of G G forces that exert into that car when they are turning corners is so fucking it's so fucking high. So he complained of that person together with the G force and he's saying that his back was aching. There's no way he's acting up. And besides, it's not like he's been doing that the whole year. He's clearly he's having a toll on him. So you you are continuously bouncing on the street and the the amount of bouncing and the amount of G force that goes into it. You can't just why are you a metal? Even a metal will break. I think even a metal will break. So he's not acting anywhere. Thank you very much, um, Junior. Um, um, a day bio, please. I think a lot of people have said things I want to say, but I think I will just add a little bit of this. Um, only like uh, argumental. Um, can you hear me? Um, you are a bit faint, but go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, please. All right, so I think I'll just add a little of spice to the um, to the defense people are putting up, right? I actually don't agree with the fact that Lewis is trying to pretend or form any Oscar performance, right? Because I think I I sort of watched the onboard of um, Charles, Carlos, George, Lewis, right? A whole lot, and obviously I think I know that these drivers. Complains a lot about this bouncing, this purpose in a bottoming issue, right? At least we cannot agree that probably both Mercedes and Ferrari are the two teams that experience this bouncing a lot on the grid, right? And you can't compare the body system of a 37 year old guy to other Gen Z drivers, right? I think Carlos is like 27, right? Well, 24, 24, George and Charles, right? These guys are Gen Z drivers, right? So Probably the effects, right, of these things might be lesser, right, on their on their on their own body than than Louis, right? And um, for me, I really don't think it was a I really don't think it was 
uh, performance, right? Because I re I could remember yesterday, you no, know, FP2 was on Friday, right? FP2 was on Friday. Carlos was extreme. He was he was literally crying. No, no, like not crying, right? But he was literally screaming about the effects of the poison when he was in the car on his neck and back, right? I could remember him saying that to his engineer, right? And if if Carlos could scream about that, so imagine the effect that that simple poison will be having on both George and Louis. And for Louis to put up the that um that discomfort that is being regarded as, as an Oscar performance, I really don't think it is, right? Because again, come on, what, what would they have to gain by putting up? It's not like he finished P it's not like he finished like Sebastian Vettel that would normally do in a normal race, probably finish like P for 14 or P13. Is it finished P4, right? Right. So even though if Sebastian Vettel now that has like the proposing and finished like P13 and he's holding his back, right? We can always say that probably the proposing had an effect on his performance, right? But P4, come on. Which performance will they have to put for that? Thank you very much, uh, Adebayo. Uh, Adekola, please. So we have Adekola, then um, um, I believe it's Ore, and um, Imade. Imade, I'm sorry, I know you've been up here for a minute, then Virus, you know, so, um, yeah. So um, Adekola, please go ahead. Thank you. Um, thank you. So um, I think I'll just leave the issue of... Um, of if the pain is uh, with Lewis is real or not, and just go to I, I've heard a couple of people saying why will he why will he pretend why will he over exaggerate like let's just be logical here. Lewis is a big figure in Formula One, like a very very big figure, right? And the issue of proposing causing pain has been a discussion prior to this weekend, right? So why will you be asking what, what is he going to gain from that? He's going to gain a lot. Him and Mercedes is going to gain a lot from that. That's a fact. Because Lewis being Lewis, being like the biggest star of F1 currently, and he's coming out of his car that way, and he's walking away from his car that way, and he even complain about the, the pain, the back pain mid-race. That, that's, that's, that's a lot to to actually open up the debate about what FIA should do about it, if they should make another rules that could do something. Don't, don't say, what is he going to gain from that? We are not children here. Why would someone say that? He has a lot to gain from that. Mercedes have a lot to gain from that. That's a fact. Footballers, all sports people put on tactics, similar tactics to, to, to drive agenda. Like, don't, don't say, what is he going to gain from that? Like that's not just right. It, he, they have a lot. Himself, his teammates, and Mercedes as a team have a lot to gain from that because of who Lewis is. He's, he's a star of Formula One. And if it's coming, just imagine all of us have been have been on this topic. There's going to be a bigger topic within the FIA and the teams. Just going by what we saw Lewis uh, did today, coming out from his car. There's going to be a bigger discussion, of course. And you're saying. What is he going to gain from that? He's going to gain a lot from that. And I'm just trying to say also that I don't see FIA coming in because Mercedes could sacrifice a bit of performance to reduce the purposing. And will it be unfair on other teams that have been able to manage the, the situation for them to not take their advantage away? 
it is 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 not like um somebody said. How many like how many things are managed situation? How many things are managed situation? Yeah, how many things? Mention them, mention them. Thank you. I should mention them. Yes, the... mention them, please. Only Red Bull. You can only hold Red on. Bull. I'm going to leave him alone. Leave him. Well, calm down, guys. I'm, calm I'm down, down, please. You guys finish. calm down. Is is proposing as a Mercedes cars? Is Alfa Romeo proposing as Mercedes cars? Even the um, Aston Martins that that was a copy of Red Bull are they proposing like the Mercedes? The Mercedes and Ferrari, like someone rightly said, has has it so bad. So if a, a, a driver of such team is is putting on that act and you're asking what is he going to gain from that, is going to, they are going to gain a lot of that if that act could pull through or it could stir a, a a conversation that could go a long way. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't say. It, it, what is he going to gain from that? It's Mercedes, not just Lou. Mercedes as a whole will gain a lot from that if they can put on that particular act we saw today. If they can put it on at Montreal and probably race after, let's we'll all come back here and see if there won't be a bigger discussion regarding that. And you, you guys kept saying, is 37, is this, is that. Vettel is 35. Like, I mean, there's, there's still two years. And Vettelka is more is more shitty than the, the Mercedes, right? Overall, Alonso is forty one, and the car too is proportioned to a, a very large extent. So what are we saying? It's not the oldest and and, and all of that. He, Alonso has been in Formula One more than any. He has raised um, more than anybody in Formula One, and he's still holding himself together. So what are we saying? Um, sorry, sorry, like, I, you, I, I have Kola. to interject. Um, engineer, please, Salim, um, you have them 20 seconds, please. Of all right. Um, like, saying uh, this guy is older than this guy, we're talking about, like, the long-term health implications of, like, the purposing. And if maybe there's a modification in the rules to allow maybe active suspension, is it only Mercedes that are going to actually re-benefit from it? Is it not the whole grid? So what are you saying that what I'm uh, saying this is guy there are teams that have put in effort money and resources Yes they they have reduced it there's a difference between elimination of the purpose and re reduction of the purpose Okay if if all these things you are saying like we are talking about the the health the, the the health consequences right so why do we use carbon fiber uh, in in formula 1 why was carbon fiber introduced because of safety it's a very lightweight material. It has high strength to weight ratio, but it is very safe. It is very safe. Do we have to be reactive? Do we have to wait until maybe somebody has had a very uh, significant health challenge before something is done to counter this issue of purposing? Well, if you have been watching from now for a very long time, you will know that that is how and I have the safety. Yes, where guys, you fifteen have seconds have is to have a substantial. But it shouldn't always be the trend. Why should we be reactive? No, Why should we be proactive? They have to eventually wait because he's not the only one. All the teams are suffering it, and as we have, have, we have seen today, how many how many drivers came out from their car like that? Because you are saying they have to wait. Yeah. 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 Why are you the one that's driving unfair. the car? You are not the one driving the car. Why do you say they have to wait? Why do you say they have to wait until someone dies? Or, uh, uh, that's unfair. What, what that's house, guys? What house, guys? Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, all right, please go ahead. Um, I hope everyone is good. 
So I'm just going to quickly talk about the things I want to talk about. Um, first of all, Red Bull. I I believe that right now, Red Bull has the best race car. I mean, it's obvious. And regardless, even if Charles did not have that DNF, I believe they would have still Red Bull would have still had their one too. But then, it is it is the unknown at this moment. And then with um Ferrari. I don't know. I don't know what's what's. I don't know why they are doing this to themselves now. Because now they are bringing they are bringing messages closer to them. All messages is just basing their life on right now with reliability. So even now, George is like just sixteen points or seventeen points behind um, Charles. So this is like just unnecessary things that they don't need. But then it's fair game for Red Bull also because now Red Bull has like eighty points gap in the constructors. So that's fine. And um, with messages, I believe that we are all focusing on the wrong thing for them. Because at the end of the day, yes, poison is like health and safety issue. Obviously, no one, we cannot know if Lewis was printed in or not, no matter what we tell ourselves. We cannot know. Because like someone rightfully said, we are not inside the car. We cannot know if it was printed in or not. So, but then, at the end of the day, yes, the thing, if you compare Mercedes and Ferrari, both of them are struggling with the same thing when it comes to like operation and all. But um, Ferrari is still able to extract the performance that they need when they need it. So it is obvious that even if, oh yeah, FIA steps in and they sort out the bouncing, this thing, they make everyone increase their ride height, it is obvious that Mercedes, their design is already fundamentally flawed because from the beginning of the season, they've been telling us the same thing. Oh, once we eliminate our bouncing, we are... Spain, they until they are bouncing and they were still they were still nowhere close. Like now after Spain they've gone backwards. So yeah, like I said, wow, we are focusing on the wrong things. And then with this um with what is going on now, I just want everyone to know that we should not expect any FIA intervention at all. Because last year they had a meeting with with the teams when they you know, told them that the next cars, the next set of cars are going to have these ground effects issues. They're going to be very they have to be run very close to the ground. So do you guys want us to give you an avenue to increase the minimum ride height? And all of them said no. That oh, it's something that they can they can work with. So as it is right now, everyone just has to face, take whatever they have accepted for themselves. Because even in 2014, when they changed regulations that they went to the like turbo hybrid engines, when niggas were literally taking 25 days grid drop because of they could not cope with um, how a team had made an advancement. FIA just left everyone to catch up. So I believe that's what they will do again. The only part, the only thing that sadly, unfortunately, the way it will work, it is until when it becomes a very, very big health and safety issue. Even if the next five races, if Lewis comes out of his car the way he comes out, they won't, they won't care because they already gave them the chance last year and, and they didn't. Now the drivers can say, oh, we are going through this, but even if they want to do anything, it's not immediate. Probably to like next year or next two years. So let's just let's just forget FIA intervention for now. Then also, Mercedes fans and Lewis fans, what is going on with Lewis and George Russell, man? So, uh, sorry, uh, please round up. You know, well, time, please. Okay, okay, no problem. Okay. All right, I just I just want to just ask because at the end of the day. We need to know what is going on because are there is it is it sensors is it lock 
Is he set up different? Who is, who, is is the driver, who is the driver of the day? Who is the driver of the day? Why, why, do, why did, what do you always do to deserve the driver? Virus, virus, please, virus, please. Okay, virus, calm down. To driver of the day, what do you always do today? You can't, you don't know. Finish your point. Exactly, so... At this at this point in time, I just need to know. We just all need to know what is going on in Mercedes. Why Russell keeps outperforming um Lewis at this point in time? Because we thought, oh, maybe it was just fake. It was just fugazi, but it's looking like there's no there's no coming back at this moment. So we just need to know what's happening. Thank you, Lars. Please go next. Thank you. I don't have anything to say today. I'm just observing all these get good fans. I don't have anything to say, please. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. Um, okay, guys. So there's a there are a set of new speakers. Um, Adeni Papi Snoop. So um, Imade, then um Adeni, then um Papi, then Cheesy. Ha- Adibayo Hassan Abdulatif in that order, please. Please help me remember um, your orders or rather the order. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Um I from my own point of view, I don't think anyone's saying just on the whole Lewis and Popoison thing and, and supposed theatrics or anything. I don't think any right okay, I'm not going to insult anybody, any right thinking person would say. He's not been affected by it. Everybody's been affected. Drivers have drivers have um, complained about aches and all that kind of a thing. But there's been affected and there's playing for camera, biological data, media manipulation. Stars do it. And if you want to see if it is working or not, we've been on this space for probably 45 minutes. We'll spend probably 90% of the time talking about it. So is it working? Obviously, it's working. Uh, um um auto autosport and motorsport um journalist going to write about it obviously is cnn going to talk about it in the night obviously he has the power he has earned the right to do it let's give him the, he's the biggest star of the sport at the moment Imadi, the seven time Imadi, yep. please sorry to cut you in can i just counter you there because at the moment there's a video i don't even look up there's a video of um daniel ricardo um whining his waist you know, no, you don't. Uh, no, you don't get what I'm saying. I'm not saying he is not affected. That's why I started with it. It's obvious okay. they're affected. It's obvious it's going to be a safety issue. I think if we even if most likely Ferrari investigates properly, I'm sure the bouncing might have resulted to some of their DNFs. Probably it broke something. That is that is very very true. But Lewis is one of the fittest, and this is not me questioning his body. Everybody reacts to things differently. Lewis is one of the fittest drivers on the grid. But how do you push the issue? If they're not listening to your team, or there's sort of, quote-unquote, a new dog in town, a new team in town, in Max and Red Bull, if they're not listening to you, how do you use your power and your media influence to push things? The, just to digress a little bit, the NBA is trying to reduce um, games from 82 games to 50-something games. If LeBron and Steph, and Steph Curry comes out tomorrow and say, no, we're going to do 60-something games, do you think they're going to listen? Or And um, probably Jason Tatum, who is also a very good guy, comes out and says, no, he's fine with 52. Who do you think they're going to listen to? So my point is, he is ov- he's obviously being affected. 
he's obviously aching his back, but that play was honestly was for the camera. Honestly, that's my own point of view. It is obvious it's been affected. It's obvious this thing is going to be a safety, a long-term safety issue. But how else does he how else is he going to use his power and make this thing a bigger topic for them to actually consider and a solution brought about? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you very <clears throat> thank you very much, uh Imade. Um next, please. I believe that's um Adeni. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. Um, first of all, I'd like to say someone asked about them. Uh, that Red Bull guy he asked about um, Russell and Lewis um, firstly I would like to say they've been running on different strats like throughout the whole season and uh, although um, Lewis performed better than him in um, was that uh, the first the first uh, Grand Prix that he did this year but that was totally that is totally out of it because ever, ever since Russell has been dominating but um, first of all, I'd like to say Lewis has been very, very unlucky this season. But I don't want to give excuses. So I will not talk much about that uh, performance-based uh, stuff. But I, everybody, not everybody will agree with me anyway. But Russell too has been very lucky. He has been punching off so many uh, situations. So let me just end that there. Then the matter of uh, proposing, affecting, and all those stuff. I can't... you. Let's just let, okay. Let, let's bring it down to this our our national stuff. What we do, how it happens here in our country. Imagine you are traveling from one state to another state, where you be in the bus for probably two hours. The bus is not shaking as much as this cars are. This Mercedes car is. It's not shaking as much. You are just in the car. You are not driving. You are not swerving your hand. You are not shaking your neck and all that. When you come down from the car. You feel pains in your body. Now, compared to these guys on high speed, and they are bouncing that much, you can't tell me Lewis is pretending. Ah, and the question now is, what does he gain from pretending? Not what does he gain from actually doing that. There are two different questions now, and that that's where I, I feel many people are, are getting it wrong. When you, when you answer it like, what does he gain from pretending? It actually sounds like he's pretending. So let's not actually um, ask, uh, answer the question wrongly. If you are saying, what does he gain from him doing like that? Okay, yeah, that is correct. But what does he gain from pretending? He doesn't really, if, if he's actually pretending, uh, he has things to gain. But uh, you can't tell me he's uh, doing it because he wants them to revisit the rule. And uh, someone said, oh, everyone voted against them uh, um, uh, adjusting the rule. Not everyone. Most people, we can't say who those most are, and we can't say who the remaining people are, but most people voted against it, not everybody. Now, you, I, I, don't just, I don't just buy the idea of uh, Lewis pretending at all. I, don't, I really don't buy the idea. So that's just what I'll say for now, and probably we'll visit, revisit the case um, later. And one last thing, when I watched, um, I've, I've forgotten the, I guess, the race engineer that came to talk on... Uh, about the, the race in Barcelona after their upgrades. He, he said that uh, Mercedes fans shouldn't be too too excited because Monaco and Baku are going to be very, very tough challenges because they are street circuits. So they're going to have to um, revisit their upgrades and all that. So that's just 
I'm not really surprised. I'm just kind of disappointed and pained that as a fan, we have to go through all this. So that's all. Thank you very much. Anyway. Uh, just a quick question. Um, which one are you? Are you Mercedes or, or McLaren? I'm, uh, I'm a Mercedes fan anyway. But then I, I, I oh. like uh, Daniel Ricardo. Okay. I like the Okay, power engine is the power is the power engine that is the um, common denominator. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, Papi, please. I think I was supposed to go next before Papi. Um. Oh. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'm um, Sorry. There's yeah. so much people. Yeah. Sorry about that. Please go ahead. It's fine. Thank you. Um. So yeah, I have a few things to talk about. Like, as F1 fans, yeah, we we are here for the to watch racing and. I mean, see overtakes and guys like race crap, basically. But we should not discard the, um, well, I say the health and safety issue, the part of, of racing. These guys are human beings, yeah? Like, forget that they get paid millions of dollars to, to do this. They are also human beings. And we cannot just discard the fact that, like, if they're complaining that they cannot race ideally because of issues like poison and the um, bottom, we should listen to them. They are the ones in the car. Like, we drive um, road cars every day. If your shock absorber is not good, you know, like, you have to go sort it immediately because of how your back will be telling you. So imagine these guys sending it at over 200 MPH over, like, an hour straight, and they're complaining that this bouncing is really bad, and you're telling them they're pretending. Come on. Like, as in, what exactly do they stand to gain? And another thing I said, we don't really look at um, safety very seriously as fans. Because imagine somebody saying that um, AlphaTauri did not break any regulation by using duct tape to hold a moving part on a car that is traveling at great speed. Yes, carbon fiber is very durable and sort of light, but any object flying around at that speed can cause major damage. Like I walk in an ER, I've seen a rubber um, cover of a rubber bottle because it flew at a very fast speed, lodged in somebody's chest. Like we're wondering, how did that get in there? Because the car in front of him, he came off the car and he was flying with grace and he lodged in the guy's chest. So imagine a driver following Yuki Tsunoda and maybe that part came off and just flew straight into their cockpit. Do you know the kind of damage that would have done? Yes, you could argue that it would be unfair for Yuki Tsunoda as a, as a driver to have his car retired or through no fault of his. He didn't do anything. It was just a mechanical issue on his car that um, a part came loose. But Rules are rules. You can't have that. You can't put other drivers at risk because your team could not sort something as basic as a DRS flap out. So, um, as for Mercedes, um, somebody saying what's happening between Mercedes and, and, and George Russell and Hamilton. Yes, I'm not taking anything away from Russell. You have to put yourself in these positions to be able to make the most of it. And some argument is that um, Lewis has been going with the shittier setup or he has been doing a lot of um, collecting data and experimenting with the car. But the truth is that um, George Russell is performing on his own. He's doing a very good job with what is given to him. And yes, he has been lucky with some of the calls, like safety cars and um, pit stop. He has been lucky in that regard. But come on, like this is Lewis Hamilton we're talking about. This is an eight-time world champion. And yeah, I said eight-time. Like he, he did not just forget how to drive all of a sudden. The car is not what it's supposed to be. 
And I don't think, as in, he is finished, as people are saying, and in 2023, um, he might retire. Alonso just clocked 21 years or um, the longest time. Nobody's calling for his head on the grid. Nobody's telling him to retire. Then Lewis that has not even done up to that because he's struggling in one season and people are already calling for himself. Like, um, come on, guys. Come on. Um, Cheesy, um, Cheesy, um, I just have a question for you. Okay, first of all, um, a few questions. Um, you, you mentioned you work in the ER, so I believe you're a doctor. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll, I'll be calling you doctor. So, um, doctor, <laughs> from a medical point of view, you know, because now we are discussing this um, proposing and bouncing issue, you know, and then you just gave us an example of um, a bottle cap lodging into someone's chest and uh, when you referred to the um, alpha twire incident. This um, issue with the back, what, what, what do you think the FIA sh- should do? Do you think there's something the FIA should um, look at, you know, in terms of um, the health effects? Yes, definitely. I think it's something they should look at because... In as much as this is an issue of um, constructors have developing their car poorly, we should also note that this is as a result of um, the aerodynamic regulations that they put in place that caused a lot of these cars to be bouncing. We're not just seeing it in F1. It's also happening in other series. So this is something the FIA put in place that can be remedied. Yes, um, it, might be on, um, it might not be fair to people that sorted it out. But then again, we have to look at the whole grid and the bigger picture. Do you want people coming down with um, spinal damage later in life because we did not want to do the right thing or um, you feel that it will disadvantage some people? And I'm a Mercedes fan, yeah? And I know that this is something that's going to favor my team. And I'm, that's why I'm saying it like this. But these are human beings, like I said in the beginning. Their safety, their health comes first before the spectacle, before racing, to be honest. Like we can't have drivers damaging their spine all because we feel like it will give their team an unfair advantage. So that's my bit. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Doctor. Uh, you know, so it's good to have um, hear from another perspective. So, um, Papi, please. Um, hi. Hi, Papi. Um... So, uh, I think, I think uh, generally I enjoyed today's race. Uh, so, I'm just going to speak on a few things. Uh, first of all, let me start where our good doctor ended with uh, the proposing thing. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I've seen several reports that what is happening to the Mercedes in particular is not exactly proposing it's the basically ride heights and like the commentators were trying to explain that it's two different things. Basically if the Mercedes is slower, the bouncing will reduce. And I understand the general effects of like the long term effects and all that but from our history like those of us that have been watching formula one the chances that the fia will intervene mid-season the chances are actually very 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 low 
as far as I am concerned anyway, because even the halo that we have today, we saw how long like the argument to have the halo was going on. It took years before it was eventually commissioned. So I don't think, I, I think, yes, like there is the issue, but Mercedes would have to be the one to compromise at least for this season and any other team suffering that for now. And, uh, but I don't think, I don't think Lewis is in any way finished. I don't think he's, uh, uh, I think he's been given a car, is the worst car he's had to drive in maybe 10 years. And obviously as, as a driver that has been driving good cars for that long, getting used to something like that he's driving now, I don't think I don't think it will come that easily. Russell, on the other hand, is probably driving the best car he has in years, if not ever. So I feel the dynamics are different. Yes, there's uh, different strategies and whatnot, but in the end, you can tell that Russell is more comfortable with what he's driving, and it's not because he's the better driver. It's just because well, it's not what he has driven in the past. I think I'll stop there for now. Thank you very much. Um, next person, please. So I think I would start with this right Um, Apologies to Adekola the other time for trying to interrupt, right? So my opinion is I'm not like, I'm not, I'm never in support of the fact that FIA should, um, amend the rules to probably suit the team's battle with poison because of this sole reason. When they changed, when they when they were about to enter the wreck, they gave all the teams the new regulations, right? And they gave them ample time to design their car and to bring up concept, right? Nobody ever predicted that there was going to be poison from any team and the rest, right? And we've clearly seen that a team has been able to successfully, let me say, implement that regulation with no poison, right? So if nine remaining teams are experiencing poison and some seems to be experiencing more, right, than other teams, then I think it should be in their purview to try to solve that, right? The only thing I'm just like against is the fact that um, the interpretation that probably Louis is trying was trying to um, put up an Oscar performance to drive. Well, it could be interpreted that way, but I, my own, I don't see it from that perspective, right? Probably someone is trying to do that, right? Because you can't, you, no one, no one is in Louis' shoes to really say that, to really confirm or affirm the fact that, um, affirm the level of the discomfort he faced, right? And it's back to, during the race, right? And no one can accurately say whether it's trying to um, um, try to put up a performance or not, right? It could just be, it's, to me, it's just mere cooking, right? But I think as well, there, if we keep discussing about this matter, we might stretch it out longer than it should be. And there are still like interesting news to be said today, right? Um, there are still other things to be discussed, so I don't know whether the admin could just look for a way to divert the discussion away from that and let's just focus on other things. Gasly performed excellently well, McLaren did excellently well, got into the point, so we could discuss about that, right? 
Uh, thank you, Adebayo. Uh, I know we'll be coming um, later on to those teams, you know. Um, Various will be moving on to um, the rest of the grid. Um, yeah, next, please, I believe is Hassan Denham Yemi. So, so um, Hassan, sh- sorry, just um, before you go, so um, I've seen some um, new faces up. So, guys, if you just raise up your hand so that I'll be able to um, know what order to go in. So, so um, Hassan, please, one second. Uh, okay, so just... Okay, I um, believe Bim is here. Okay, so... um. Okay, so after Hassan, um, Yemi, uh, Akasu, Rara, Avis, Dapo, then Bemi, please. Thank you. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, so what I was trying to say earlier about it being an academy performance, I'm not trying to say that, like, he did not go through pain. He could have gone through pain, he might be going through pain, yeah. But then, like, the act in itself was just exaggerated, in my own opinion. And then, like, from what Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton stand to gain from this car, we can actually just look at it from, like, last year. Last year, RB Red Bull designed the car with the most downforce on the grid. And then they now had a good engine and power unit. So that's how they were able to compete with Mercedes. So Mercedes thought that, okay, they needed downforce to just be, like, on par with Red Bull. So they designed this car that has, like, the most downforce on the grid, just like judging off like how much they bounce. So you mean like the entire proposing thing is that like you have too much downforce on your car and you're not able to deal with it or like get rid of what you don't need. So that way you're bouncing and like with Mercedes, they are bouncing very aggressively. So like they have the most downforce on their car. So like if the Merce- if the FIA now decides to step in and they like to stop the proposing, what they are going to do is like they're going to now reintroduce active suspension. With active suspension again, that means Mercedes would be able to put their car flat on the floor and they would not bounce. It would mean Mercedes would not be competitive all over again. Because like it's not if they have engine issues or PU issues, it's just that like they are bouncing and they're not able to reach their top speed. So like with active suspension, that is what Lewis and Mercedes stand to gain from the entire um thing that he did. And like I'm not saying he's not in pain, please. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm just trying to say. Like, I'm a Mercedes fan myself. I'm a Lewis fan myself. But, like, that is what Mercedes stands to gain from being competitive all over again with active suspension. Active suspension is going to do it all lots to them. And, yeah, pro poison is actually, like, a big issue. It has health and safety challenges. But, then like, with the way Lewis acted it out today, we should not see Lewis in Canada racing because his back was literally looking like he was in shambles. That's what I was just trying to say. Yeah. Thank you, Hassan. I guess opinion is always an opinion, you know. Uh, hear me, pl- hear me, please. Yeah. All right. Can you hear me? Yes, hear me. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, I guess we're still on this Lewis acting thing, man. I think it's better to say you don't like the guy than for you to come here and, and be rationalizing, trying to rationalize why you should dictate. How a person should be when he's in pain. <laughs> Just come out and say, you know what? I don't like Lewis. Whatever he does, it won't, it won't make sense to me. And then move on. All this rationalization is make. And then you come out and say, I miss this fan, a Lewis fan. If a guy is in pain, you he can behave however he wants to behave. You know that's up to him. Let's not here coming and be dictating how drivers should behave when 
these guys are risking their lives every 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 weekend and you know so we've seen his look at even richard look at the, the post up there ricardo tweezing he's having to literally all through the grid but it must be lewis and at the end of the day right it's not about what he stands to gain because the truth is active suspension would benefit the whole grid people would just so we were oversimplifying the advantages of all these things i'm not advocating for active suspension i think that's like too expensive you know for the sport in the sport that's trying to to um, minimize costs. I think that could be too expensive, right? Unless maybe there's a general one that they do for everybody and that's what you have done. But at the end of the day, I think the whole grid stands to benefit from that kind of solution. So the, if you are using that as an as a as an excuse to say, hey, well that's what Mercedes is trying to push for, it doesn't make sense because every if everybody gets access to suspension, everybody benefits. You understand? Some and there's nothing that will say there's nothing to say that Mercedes is gonna become the best car in the like, like you know Let's 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 just come out and say I don't like the guy. Whatever he, anything he does, you know, I'm a hater. Is that one easier? Let me just let us know that okay, well, yeah, hate yeah, hater. It's it's much easier to 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 go with that excuse than to come here telling us that dictating how a person should behave when he's in pain after he has driven fifty something laps or, or in, in that in that car that is purposing like or that's bouncing like hell, you know. And then yeah, I think uh, just the other thing I wanted to speak about was was uh, McLaren, right? I thought. Um, then Ricardo, I, I'm happy. I'm mean, yesterday. I was saying, I hope he things start to turn around. I didn't really think this was a significant turnaround for me, but he finished ahead of, of Norris, and I kind of found it a bit cheeky from Norris trying to complain at the end of the race, saying, Oh, like, uh, you know, when they told him that, well, we t- we held position in the beginning, so let's hold position now. Norris was like, Hey, but this is for position, like, but if if they didn't hold position in the beginning, he might have finished well ahead of you. So, why are you, you know? Uh, why, why are you complaining? You know, but I think I hope it's a good step. I hope this is or this is the beginning. This is when things begin to turn around for Ricardo because I would, I'm one of those people that would like to see him remain in the sport. I wouldn't like you know him to to be uh, to live at the end of the year. But yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Yemi. Um, Akasu, please. Yeah. Hi everyone. Uh, good afternoon. Good morning. So it is. It is really funny to see now that um, Mercedes is having um, issues. Well, as regards Lewis, I, I really don't care if he's pretending, if he's acting. I, I like literally do not care. So the fact remains that um, there was there was a time that some teams do not have one, two, three things figured out, and everything everyone like managed what they could to get like what is best possible um, from their car. And at this point in time, um, apparently Mercedes don't not not no particular team has it all, but of course Mercedes um, they don't have what they used to have, and now um, everybody wants to try to like change regulation or, or change whatever the same regulation that was given to all the teams regardless of budget and whatever. So um, Mercedes they know what they need to do to reduce that, um, but instead like they want they want they want it to be changed because something that being better. So. Um, all of this, literally, I, I, I don't want to like disregard people's emotion, uh, but I don't think um, emotion is is important in this regard. Um, there is really no need to bring in. <clears throat> of course, the health issue is there, but I mean, just drive at fifty kilometer per hour, you you wouldn't have that until until your team tries to like figure out um, what needs to be done. But um, don't come on two thirty and two thirty and complain that this thing is happening because you know everyone knows that it is going to happen. So um, I usually just feel like. Uh, they should take their time. There is the there is next season. There is the season to come. 
you should take their time and work on their car and try to like get what's best out of it and stop. I don't know. I don't want to be somehow but stop crying about all these things. So yeah, cheers. Thank you very much, Akasu. Um tap up please. Was mine to be next though? Oh, okay, okay, sorry, please go ahead. Um Dapa, sorry, I'll come to you in a bit. Sorry. Um please go ahead. Yeah, hi, good day, everyone. My name is Mark. Um Okay, first things first. I think uh, I think this poor poison thing. I want to talk about poor poison exclusively because I actually had to go and read about it, and uh, it's actually quite a dilemma. Because one, there's the health perspective everybody's talking about, and I get it honestly. There's even the whole talk of concussions being an issue down the line. Because if you're going to have to keep poor poison in every race, particularly the ones that have long streets. It's going to be an issue. And the thing with concussion is that, well, I'm a doctor. You cannot predict how everybody's going to react to it. You understand? Someone can be poor poison all through the season and not have any symptoms of concussion. Someone else can do that five, six, seven races and start complaining. People are different. You understand? So it's a health and safety issue. There's no standard. Everybody is an individualized thing. So if, if Hamilton... It's complaining about, yeah, he's having headaches, he's having back aches. Is his body, he knows what's going on. Someone else might be going through the same thing and have a higher level of tolerance for that. And then they're fine. You understand? So that's that for that. So I think if he's complaining about it, he's human. Yes, you might try to look at the strategic aspect. He has every right to do that. But I do not think if he's not feeling something, he's not going to be talking about it. Secondly, I think... um the poor poison thing, people are saying they gave out the regulations from the start and all of that. But the truth remains that poor poison would never show up in the wind channel. And when everybody was testing, you know, prior to, you know, um, the first testing in Bahrain and I think Barcelona, nobody knew. Well, they knew theoretically that poor poison was a thing with ground effect cars, but nobody knew the extent which proportion was going to affect this cars, particularly because it doesn't show up in the wind turbines and you have in the wind tunnels and it's something that you have to see out there on track and nobody was testing on track till Bahrain. So when this thing came up and it was that severe, people had to start talking. There were a lot of YouTube videos and everything. The whole point was this. Proportion happens only in the streets. One, two, you need to get to a certain, um, a certain speed before your car starts poison. Essentially, that's when the whole ground effect starts to stall and then the car has to bounce up again. Because you notice that it's not every time the car is poison. It's particularly at certain speeds that poison happens. So I think the issue now is this, with both the um, constructors and the FIA, are we going to make wholesale changes to something that happens only at certain speeds and in the straight line? Yes, it's affecting the ability to break and get into corners, but poison in itself happens just at certain speeds and on straight lines, you understand? So I think that's where the dilemma is now. Is the health challenge so significant? Because you don't purpose for more than 30, 40, 50 seconds per lap. What am I even saying? 10, 15 seconds per lap and you're done. But yes, but that's not to say that it's something they should disregard. So I think the dilemma here is this. Are we going to switch to active suspension for all the cars just to eliminate poison? Or do these construct can the constructors do something about it, whether with the um floor designs or something? And that was what Red Bull did. And I think Alpine and one of that team did, I think Alpha Romeo too, they really did a good job with their floor remodeling that 
Pop poisoning wasn't really that significant anymore. The truth is nobody has eliminated it completely. Even today, the Red Bull car was still pop poisoning, but to a lesser degree than the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari and all of that. So I just think that, personally, I feel the cha- health challenges are there, but I still feel it's too early for everybody to be talking about wholesale changes. These guys are still, this is the first edition, the first model of this new ground effect cars. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be issues. And unfortunately, proportion was something nobody could predict till they actually had to start racing physically. And it's going to take a longer time because these guys have had almost months to figure out every other thing about the car. But they've had barely two, three months, four months to fix something that's uh, challenging, particularly because of how fixing it is going to come about. You're either increasing the hydride, which is going to reduce your downforce, so you have to find a way to manage increasing your hydride or going with remodeling the floor. And remodeling the floor is going to take money. So most of what they're trying to do is just to put spirals at the end of the floor panels and see if it's going to kind of like hold in the air, you know, under the car and all of that. So some people have done it to a better extent, some people haven't. So I mean, I just feel like time is what everybody needs. I feel with time, probably by the time we get to the 15th, 16th race, that's probably like four, five months, six months into the season. These guys will figure this thing out. That's one thing I feel. I know Hamilton and all of that. I think one other, one other thing with Hamilton is that he's not performing well. So I also think a lot of it is down to purpose in here. And he's looking at the health benefits, which everybody should. But I personally think it's too early. For everybody to start calling about wholesale changes, going to active suspension, everything and everything, and also just like one of the one of the speakers said, it's expensive, and everybody's trying to be you know the whole cap cost cap and everything. So I think with time, these guys are going to find more innovative ways to actually manage poisoning better, particularly because of when it happens and how infrequently this thing happens. Because there are some other races that are coming up that are not very like that are not much on like straight line speed and all of that, where you have to start looking at cornering speeds and all of that. And pop poison is not going to be so much of an issue in those races. But races like Baku, yeah, Monaco, yes, there are a lot of straight lines. You're going to notice this more. So I just feel like the time... Oh? Yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's more of a time factor thing. Personally, it may go beyond the season. But I do not think the FIA is going to make... It's even going to be a bad look on them for them to say, uh, after seven races, let's abandon everything and just remodel the whole cars just because of purposing at speeds over 200 um, kilometers per hour or something like that. I think the teams will figure it out. I understand the health challenges that come with it, but I still think it's a bit too early. That's just my opinion. Thank you, Dr. Mark. Uh, uh, I... It's quite funny because um, Dr. Cheesy came on earlier and um, gave his opinion. Um, okay, um, Dr. Mark, let me also ask you. In terms of um, health benefits, with this back issue that everyone is complaining about, do you think the FIA should be involved or the team should figure out a way to solve it? Yeah, I think I answered that already. I said first, I think the FIA is not going to get involved. Okay, of how early it is in the season. I think they will leave it to the teams first. If they can't get it sorted out, probably towards the end of the season, I, then they will start looking at making changes. But another thing I read in the rules is that if 
I think um, if most of the teams decide, you know, unanimously or something, or in a majority vote to make these changes this early, I think they can have they they will be forced to do that. But I don't think most teams are so bothered about purpose in the way the drivers are. That's where I think there's an issue. I think the drivers are more bothered because they're the ones experiencing this. And then it's really painful and it's really hurtful. I cannot imagine myself bouncing like that, even if it's 10 seconds per lap. But it's going to happen 51 times like it did today. It's not going to be funny for anybody. But at the same time, you just have to look at the team aspect too. Fixing this thing is not, going to take time. That's one. Two, they have a lot of redesign. And it's not the only thing they're bothered about. They're bothered about reliability issues. They're bothered about aerodynamics and every other thing. So it's something that I think time is something that is important when, when it comes to fixing poor poison. It's not something you can fix in one race or in, a, in six or seven races. That's just my opinion. It will take time. I think everybody needs to be patient. It's one of the bad things now because it's a new era. And I think with time, if it doesn't get fixed with time, I think that's when FIU will come in, for my own opinion, though. Thank you very much, um, Dr. Mark. Um, I like, I, I just like your um, perspective and the angle you are coming from. Thank you very much. Um, so, guys, um, shortly we'll be moving on to the rest of the grid. But um, I'll, first of all, um, we have Dr. Paul, Bimi, and then um, Abba. Abasikeme. Sorry, sorry if I didn't say that right. I'm really sorry. But yeah, in that order, please. Thank you guys for waiting. I'm back up. Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, first of all, let me just talk about uh, Mercedes in particular. Um, so I, I know the last uh, speaker mentioned that Mercedes do so as in it's just basically 10 seconds per lap usually because it's mostly on a straight line. But I think for Mercedes, their problem is that, and I don't, I don't know the latest of this, but I know they still suffer that poison even on some corners, especially mid to fast corners, they still suffer. I think generally, as someone else has mentioned, Mercedes have their design fundamentally flawed. Like I think they are one of the worst uh, thing in terms of poison. It, it, it seems the design decision from the beginning has just been wrong, to be honest. So I think for the Mercedes drivers, it's, it's a lot worse than, than the average, basically. I think they have it longer, and I think they have it much worse. Um, in this particular race, I, I think there was an onboard video in, on, I think, I think it's uh, Hamilton's car, and it was very, very bad. Like, it was, I could even hear the, the sound, the, the car hitting the, the road. It was very violent, and it was very, 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 very hard. So having said that, um, for, for me, uh, I have a lot of issues with people saying that Hamilton is pretending when he was back. So I know people have talked about it a lot, and you know, let me just say my part about that. Um, it's possible. I look in, in everything is very, very possible. So as people have mentioned, honestly, yeah, these guys are media guys. These guys are superstars. They know how to play the media. I understand that hundred percent. To be honest, it is hundred percent possible. He's playing the media. However, we do not know that, and I think it's cause it's a lot of concern for the community, F1 community, if you are coming to a situation that is a physical and health challenge, a physical problem, and you are saying the first thing that comes to our mind is, oh, this guy is pretending. He's possible he's pretending, no doubt about it, but it's also possible he's not pretending. So why would you come to the conclusion that, oh, that's the one that we need to push out, oh, that is pretending. Why, why would you do that? I think that says a lot about 
for me, I think that's a lot about the person's character. Because even if you are not an F, a, a Hamilton fan, you should be able to give him that benefit of the doubt. It's a health issue, right? It could be having that issue, truly. So why, why would you come out and say, oh, he's pretending? So I think that we should give this driver the benefit of the doubt. To be honest, I'm not even saying that, oh, F1, FIA should come in and fix the problem. I think it's too more of a Mercedes problem to fix. Because why? Everybody had a design. Everybody had agreed to the rules. As one has mentioned, everybody agreed to regulation and all of that. So they need to fix that problem. Yes. But at the same time, if your back is hurting you, you are you going to pretend that it's not hurting you? Of course, you touch you, you your back. People have mentioned other drivers, you know, touching their waist, striking their backs in different situations throughout this season. So I don't see any reason why that's the case. And again, as we've pointed out, Hamilton is one of the oldest drivers in the grid. He's not the oldest, no doubt about it. But one of the oldest drivers in the grid. So, and, and I believe in terms of race, um, you know, the experience and how many races has raised in the past, I think he has raised more than most drivers. Right, because he has been in the game without going out of the game for since when he started. And so I think we need to put that all of that into perspective, right? And give those guys the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't think that will change anything, but I think being honest and being authentic about how you feel physically, it's, it's going to go a long way into how FI will respond to it. Maybe next season, maybe in the second half of the season, we don't know. But I don't think there's any reason to pretend that your back, like to show that as if your back is not hurting. If your back is not your back is not to you, you don't need to detect how you react to that. It's as simple as that. Now, is it playing to the gallery? It's very possible. But here's the thing: even if it's playing to the gallery, so what? It's all for the benefit of the grid. Because at the end of the day, everybody has said, okay, fine. Now we're discussing that we're discussing now that this is just beyond technical or mechanical stuff. This is also a health problem. Do we need to start factoring health uh, health um, uh, aspect into this? Right into this problem, so that's also something. So I, I I don't even see any. To me, I don't see that as a big deal at all. If his out, his back is out, then let him hold his back. Now, uh, for the performance issues between Hamilton and Russell, to be honest, I don't see that as a big deal. Russell is outperforming Hamilton, so what? Yes, it's not a big deal. It's not anything to hide or to say. Oh, uh, oh Russell is more lucky. It's, for me, I think that is nonsense because those are the kind of excuses that uh, Hamilton haters were saying, or is it, I don't know how to say it, but you know, between Hamilton and, and Bottas, oh, uh, boy, Hamilton is more lucky, and people were like, no, it's not just that. So, the truth is that, yes, you can be more lucky, but I believe that Russell has, has performed Hamilton. And the reason why he's lucky is because he has put his car in the position to benefit from that luck. That's the simple truth, right? Usually, when you're, when you're high of the grid, you benefit from things like yellow, um, you know, um, what they call it, yellow flags and things like that. So he has put himself there. I think he has qualified Hamilton, what, five times now out of the eight races. So he has put himself in those positions to benefit and to reap the benefit. Now people are talking about race pace. Of course, why would Russell be having a fast race? Russell, take today's race as an example, he was in a very comfortable position in third place. He has no reason to drive faster than he needs to drive. Hamilton often has to chase to, um, to overtake and stuff like that. So obviously, on average, race pace will probably be better, but he, he doesn't need because he has put his car in that position. He has great qualifying, he's consistent. And I, in my own opinion, he should be given the props. George, uh, George Russell has performed and he should, and for me, he has been better than Hamilton this season. And there's no excuses. So it's fine. Hamilton is still Hamilton. He will probably find his, his performance at some point. Maybe his car that he's not used to he will still get there. It does not invalidate anything about what he has performed before. Let's just be objective. Simple as that. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Dakbo. Um, guys, just a quick announcement because um, 
my guys reminded me it's not only F1. We are some Nigerians. We need to get our PVC. So um, please get your PVC and um, get your country back. You know, our country back, you know. So, um, yeah, please, um, let me go ahead. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, thank you for letting me speak. Um, I think everyone has spoken about it, but I'm just going to talk about it again. I just don't understand people that have never driven an F1 car talking about someone faking, um, for someone faking injuries or someone putting on an Oscar performances. You've never been in the car. You've never driven a car like that. So to just blatantly say that the guy is faking it, I just find that really funny because you don't know what it's like. It's not an experience that you've had. And Louis, like, um, it, I think it would be easier. I think someone said it to just say you don't like him or you don't care what his feelings are because I feel like this is a Lewis thing. If we had been any other driver, like anybody else, Gasly, Yuki, anybody else doing that, I don't think people will be like, oh, he's faking it because, you know, he has something to gain. The FIA is not going to change the rules just because Lewis came out of the car and his back hurts. You think they're just going to suddenly say, okay, we're scrapping this rule that took us ages to to write up. And then because Lewis has this, we're just going to change it around. They're not going to. Even if they're going to have to have another look at it, it will be like a general consensus among the team. It's not just one team that will be like, okay, we don't want this anymore. And then the FIA will suddenly be like, yeah, let's let's scrap this and give them as a suspension. I think people still have PTSD from Mercedes winning so much that any slight chance that they see Mercedes getting an advantage is just like an uproar. Like, even if they give them that, I think someone else said this, Mercedes car is just... I just think it's just a bad car. I don't think any, even the active suspension or whatever would would make the car faster. I just think somewhere along the line, they missed the mark and just built a generally bad car compared to everyone else. So um, people saying Lewis is faking it. I think it was genuinely, it was genuinely odd. Like the guy even said in mid-race. So what you're trying to say is like mid-race, you already planned it. Like I'm going to be like, my back is hurting. And then I'm going to come out of the car. Like, it's been seven, it's been eight races. It catches up to you. It's not like the first race, it came out like this. It's been seven, eight races where this thing has been consistently happening. So obviously, eventually, you start to see, you start to see the effects. It starts to affect you. And I think it was, was it not last year? Was he Brazil or Hungary when he was shattered when he came out of the car? So I don't think... Lewis is like 100% fit because I remember last year he came out of the car and he, he couldn't even stand up. So why were people not saying he was faking it then because he was winning last year? He, he was really exhausted when he came out of that car last year. It looked like it was about to fall over. So I don't think he's a thing that is faking it. I think he was genuinely, genuinely hot. And it's not even an FIA thing. It's a Mercedes thing. Like you guys get your shit together and sorry pardon my language like you guys get your stuff together and sort out this this poison thing and just generally give the drivers a good car so they can get a good result for the team and um regarding lewis and russell i don't see why there's so much debate about it the boy driving for mercedes the scoring lewis is doing um russell is doing an amazing job for the team is giving us is maximizing the point for us which i'm happy about is putting our cars like you know where it should be and Lewis is who he is he's still an amazing amazing driver it doesn't change the fact that he's an amazing driver if you think because Russell is outperforming him then now Lewis is washed or you know whatever people like to say I think it's just 
you just don't like the guy. So if you just think Lewis all of a sudden doesn't know how to drive, he's just having a harder time with his car compared to, you know, the other cars that he's driven. So, yeah, I just think that's what that's what it is. Like, the FI is not going to change anything. Even if Lewis crawls out of his car, they're not going to change. The FI doesn't change their rules like that. Nothing is going to change a lot. And not even Lewis has been complaining about that. Other people, other drivers have complained about the old pop poison thing. So, yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Thank you very much, um, Bimi. Thank you. Um, on this Lewis proposing Mercedes, all of that good stuff. Um, before we're moving on very soon to the rest of the grid. So, um, our last speaker on this topic will be Abasi Kemi. Please go ahead. I'm also here. Yeah, please go ahead. Uh, me, I'm already oh, oh. ready to move oh. on from it because uh, I feel a lot have been said about it and. I don't think there's any more that could be said from people of both sides, like convince each other of you know, what is and what is not. So I, I think it seems like ages ago already, or I think the reason I even requested to speak was, you know, when someone made a comment about um, Russell benefiting from luck and Lewis having a lot of bad luck. And I think that doesn't just count. I mean, it's been eight races already. You can't be that far ahead due to luck or that far behind due to bad luck. I mean, there's been there was an instance where Russo was asked to come in for a pit stop and he said he wanted to stay out longer, you know, in case there was a safety car he could benefit from. That was his own decision and he worked out for him. And that same day, Lewis had, we could say, bad luck, you know, getting stuck behind traffic in pit stop. But like, I think it was Dapo who said, Russell has killed himself in the positions to benefit for some things, which comes from qualifying. He's out-qualified Lewis 5-3, to three, so it's just wrong to say he's not performing and he's just down to luck. He's clearly outperforming Lewis. One could say it's because, you know, he's used to being in a shit car sort of, you know, from his Williams days. And, yeah, for him, this is like, a much better thing so you can navigate it better and you just you know we saw him do great things at Williams even though their car was quite shit. And for Lewis this is like you know an abnormally like first time in a decade that he's in this sort of position. But I think the fact is that result is not performing it. And another thing you know you know very early on in the space which is like hours ago already you know some people who spoke and were just Overconfident about Red Bull's the position Red Bull are in now. Personally, I'm a Red Bull fan. Max or Jack, right? Personally, I don't mind whoever comes out on top. But I mean, to be confident at this point and think oh, it's just going to be sweet from here. And I think that's that's just it's not going to anything will happen. Five races from now, Charles could be back on top. It's very possible. I don't think Mercedes will find a way back this season, but I mean, imagine that happens and it becomes a three-way thing, but I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, Max and Checo, yeah, I think narratives will want to be played, you know, favoring Max and all that. But as we saw today, when Checo said it was the right decision, I mean, 
what's the point of um, hustling it out at the point at the front when someone is lapping three seconds faster than you? It doesn't make sense. Obviously, there will be a point in the season if that does happen, that you will just imagine both of them, you know. Long into the season, the position where Lewis and Max were last season, yeah, things like this won't happen, I'm sure. It won't happen. Even if that Max is lapping three seconds faster, they will still leave them to fight it out. Obviously, with instructions with them to be careful and all that. We saw that in 2016 with Rosberg and Hamilton. They still left them out to fight. But, you know, they always give them instructions to be careful, no DNFs, all that. So that time of the season will come. If Checo can keep it up till then, he's having a good run, but yeah, it's all dependent on if you can keep it on to then. And to the rest of the grid, I think everyone is happy for Ricardo today, seeing, you know, hoping this is a ton of form for him. Um, particularly pleased for Alonso and Vettel too. I think the Alpine is, has been very good this season. It seems they've chosen pace over reliability and obviously Alonso has um, had some terrible reliability issues this season. But I think in every race, he's had points where he's been comfortably in the points, you know, before reality comes in and fucks up his race. But yeah, I'm pleased for those two. I uh, won't find out, you know, when people talk about, you know, you're hating on this person, um, you're hating on Max, you're hating on Lewis. Listen, I just feel... Not that there are not people who do that in the sport. I mean, in sports, we see all that in you know, agendas. You know, people, you know, go far with their dislike for someone. But if that's the first thing you resort to most times, I, I just think that's wrong. Or at the end of the day, you're that sort of person. So maybe you do it for your rival too. So you feel they're doing it for the person you support. Everything is about like they're hitting on your guy. or you know, someone even almost mentioned racism in a space that involves 99% black people. I mean, it's, it's never that far. Some people could run agendas, yes, unfair agendas at times, but everyone is entitled to how they see it. And just like on purpose, I think people made fair points on both sides, you know. You can't see it's faking. Some few they have an argument on why it might be faking. Fair enough, you're not going to agree, but it doesn't have to come down to heat or this or that. So yeah, that's uh, all for me. Thank you very much, um, Abbasikeme. Um, so yeah, as I said earlier, on, we're moving on to the rest of the grid. Um, moving on next is next team is um, McLaren. You know, um. I believe yesterday, um, well, in quality, per se, they didn't have a a, a very good um, day in quality. You know, they were qualified P11, P12, I believe. But coming into the race today, um, it seemed um, Daniel Ricciardo found a bit of positivity, you know, because... Um, at a point, he felt he was um, land, um, faster than um, Lando, you know, which um, he was, you know. And then um, there was a bit of um, a bit of let's call it drama, you know. Um, when towards the end of the race, um, 
when um Lando wanted the position back, you know, and then um um Lando forgot they had um favored him earlier on, you know. So um it's it's interesting how that is going to play out um internally, you know, but um I'll say this is this is really a confidence booster for Ricardo as as a driver, you know, um for someone who has been getting it hot for the last um, couple of weekends, you know. So I say this is a confidence booster, you know. Hopefully we'll see some better performance in um what do you call it, Montreal. You know, so um yeah, um anyone want to share their thoughts on McLaren, Lando and Ricardo? Um, Hassan. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, okay. We have a few hands up. So Hassan and uh, and then Mark, please. Yeah. So with McLaren, I think Norris was being a bit conniving in that entire like towards the ending of the race because like he told Daniel to go and chase after Alonso. Alonso that has the fastest car in a straight line on the grid. He told Daniel to go and chase after him. And when Daniel could not chase him or meet him to no avail, towards the end of the race, Norris is now like, oh, I don't remember agreeing to not overtaking Daniel. That's for you guys. I'm still going to try and overtake him. And we now saw Norris now try to overtake Daniel after Daniel had already spent his tires, trying to overtake somebody he could not overtake in the first place. So it was just very weird that, like, I'm even surprised that Lando Norris, the person everybody thought was one gentle human being, is now doing crazy stuff like this. Because, like, we all know that Lando Norris is a good racing driver, but then, like, lately his mouth is just running. That guy's mouth is literally just running. But, yeah, I don't know. It was just wild for me. Um, Sorry, let me just come in. I'm sorry, Mark, before you go ahead. Um, I will just say something about um, um Lando um when netflix released the documentary um was it in march after my um, preseason you know when um people were saying oh netflix made it look like if um, um lando was um a bad person at the end of the day my reaction and my opinion was it's still the same is like everything is still coming out from that human being it's not like someone is narrating um narrating Lando to us and then I don't know if if you watch um the McLaren unboxed you know he has this what I say he has this cocky attitude to him you know even though even though obviously it looks like he looks like a sweet boy to the to the crowd but he has this cocky attitude in him you know which is my opinion you know so um yeah, um, that's just what I was going to add. So, uh, Mark, please go ahead. Yeah, um, I was going to piggyback off that because I, I also agree with you with respect to Norris. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think he's, I think he's one of the drivers in F1 that has a personality anyways. So I think that's a good thing in a way. But yeah, what he did towards the end, I just felt it was plainly in a competitive um, environment and I felt he was trying to max points and everything but I still think McLaren did the right thing by letting Ricciardo finish ahead of him anyways but one thing I want to say with respect to Ricciardo is I've, I've always liked him but I'm not a fan 
I think he's always had this slow adjustment. And I think yesterday, I think, people were saying that, oh, it's his second season and all of that. I get it, but technically this is his first season with McLaren with respect to the new cars. And I think um, also, beginning of the season, during testing, McLaren actually started off good. They were really pacey. They really they looked competitive. But the thing that really scuppered their preseason was the brake duct issue. I think it was the front brake duct. Was it the back one? Where they had like some issues that kept lingering and all. And they also said, I think their team principal also said that it slowed down their you know, the rate of development as the season went on because they were trying to fix it and everything. And it, it was actually an issue for some races. And knowing Ricciardo, who is someone who takes his time to kind of like bond with his car, I felt like there was that pressure of, yeah, his contract, the money, Norris for some reason doing better, even with those challenges and all of that. But just like I said, I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday, or someone mentioned it yesterday, it's a matter of time. I still think Ricciardo is a good driver. He's 30 plus and all of that. But I still think the next few races, as McLaren also become a lot more reliable with respect to their development and all of that, I think it's also going to reflect in Ricciardo also being more competitive. Because one, the car is getting better. He is also trying to like, or he's getting more comfortable with the car. And I think that's when he does his thing best. He always comes back second half of the season as the season goes in. So... I think this race might just be an early pointer to the fact that McLaren, they're getting their stuff together with respect to their car and the development. And Ricciardo is also getting more comfortable with the car. So the whole contract issue and everything, to me, still feels premature. But one thing I know in racing these days is just the same way it is in most sports. Everybody's becoming sensational. Like, there's always something to talk about. People want to talk about something. Everybody's trying to react to something. Nobody sits down to just think, let's just give it time and see where it goes. You know, everybody's just trying to like, there's always something that everybody wants news. So something has to make the news anyways. And yeah, I think Ricciardo is not done. I still, I still think he might be with McLaren next season. And I think the rest of the season is going to show it. Thank you very much, um, Mark. Um, okay. I see Bemi's hand up. Bemi, please go ahead. Hi. Um, I don't see anything wrong with what Norris did. I think, you know, it's a team sport, but at the end of the day, you also want to outperform your teammates. Um, he had the right to challenge for, he thought he had the speed, so he had the right to challenge for, for that position. And even when the team were telling him, he had the right to challenge them as well. Like, why do you want me to stay behind? I don't think just because your team says, you know, stay there, you should just stay there i think you have the right to ask for an explanation on why you should be behind your teammates especially if you think you can you know overtake them i think the issue with daniel is because daniel is not is not very consistent i think lando is more consistent than him so i think that has kind of given the lando this confidence that oh you know i've been outperforming this guy so maybe it kind of feels like it has an hedge over him when they're racing and that's why I feel like it was really like yo why should I be behind this guy because it feels like you know it's the it's the man of the team and they've always treated him like that anyway they've always treated um Norris like he's their number one driver but I think with McLaren in general they're kind of a bit like Mercedes at the moment like 
one time you think, oh, maybe they're, they're going to be there. And then next minute they're like all the way back in the grill. I think they still have like a lot of work to do, same as us, to kind of like get in that, you know, top position um, going forward. But yeah. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, Bimi. Um, can we have Miss Catrock, please? Thank you. Yeah, I think that in this race, um, Lando was behaving very entitled because he benefited earlier in the race. And then coming on to the end of the race, you also want to benefit? No. At the end of the day, your teammate was in a better position than you. And yes, you've got the more points of the two. But the same way how you're trying to maximize your points, so is Daniel. And Daniel has a lot more to prove than Norris. So why would he give up trap position to you for ego? Because it wasn't like you were getting it on merit. Because if you were, you would have flew past him, but you weren't able to, right? So sit down, boo-boo. It wasn't your day today. Thank you very much, Miss um, Catrox. Um, okay, I see Hassan and Adekola. Okay, um, Adekola, then um, Hassan, then Adibayo, please. Louder. Thank you. Uh, I, I so much agree with the um, the previous speaker that I just finished speaking. Uh, Lando was being a bit entitled there because uh, in the beginning of the race, um, uh, Ricardo was obviously faster than um, Lando, and they didn't they didn't move them over. Like Ricardo actually requested, but he was actually ignored. Like, yeah, just just stay put, and um, that's the right call from McLaren as far as. Um, uh, Azerbaijan is concerned. It's, it's always very, very tricky to to get past, and it's is usually more dangerous when it is two teammates trying to get past each other than uh, some somebody from a team getting past another person from a team. Because the first person you need to beat in Formula One is your teammate. So why why would McLaren put themselves in that situation where there are two drivers? That managed to be in the points will now be fighting for uh, uh, just just two point difference, if I'm not mistaken. So, at the beginning of the race, Ricardo was obviously faster, and they kept Lando in 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 his front. Then, towards the end of the race, Ricardo was able to like drove a solid race and put himself in that window to benefit from the uh, safety car, and was able to make that jump. And Lando was now still demanding to like move this guy aside, let me pass. And it's just few, three laps or four laps to go. I feel that's a bit uh, entitled there because it, it's, it's the, Formula 1 is a team sport first. It's all about how many uh, points the team can get before it's now boils down to how many points the drivers can get. If they should have allowed them to battle, three outcomes can happen. Is it that one of them trying to make a move maybe touch the wall or crash and retire from the race. That's one driver down. Or either one of the two of them could actually collide and two of them will be out of the race. So it's really, really not worth it. And like the previous speaker said, if you feel you have the pace and everything, you shouldn't even go on the radio to, to make that request. You could have just do your race and wait for the team to actually ask you to like maybe back out of this or stay put. But instead, he went on the radio and he was uh, suggesting they, they, they move Ricardo over. He had the pace and all of that. I feel, too, he's been entitled there. 
Thank you, uh, Adekola. Um, honestly, that's, I like your own point of um, view on Ricardo um, as well, you know. So, um, Hassan, please go ahead. Yeah, so I think it also comes to Zach Brown because, like, he has created this scenario where you have Lando Norris that was supposedly the second-place driver on the in their team, where Danny Rick was the team lead, and now Lando Norris is now, like, their next-gen. So you have a situation where Danny, um, Lando Norris is earning way more than Danny Rick. And they're like, Lando Norris has been like, what's it called? Lucky in some ways this season. And he has finished well ahead of Danny Rick so far. So he's gaining this confidence and this like sense of like, I'm the team lead. It's me. It's my team. All of that. So that's why he's now, prompt, that's why he's now prompting all this from him. And it's not making look. It's not making it look like Danny Rick is actually like a shit racer. Meanwhile, Danny Rick is just like I don't know if he's still trying to figure things out at McLaren because like it's been a while and it's very weird that he's still doing this till now. But they're like it's not putting Danny Rick in the position where he's not having to race his teammate hard and all these weird things. Like it's it's not meant to be in a scenario where like you guys are not fighting for the championship. You're just fighting for what's it called? Maybe fourth or fifth place on the constructors championship and. It just has to be consistent a bit. But they're like, even with that, their car is trash, so they're not really fighting for anything, to be honest. So it, it's now kind of like in a weird scenario here where they're just fighting each other for pointless things. But then, like, we can actually see this dynamic in Mercedes where George is now outperforming Lewis in a bit, but George, George is still remaining, like, humble and all of that, whereas Lando is becoming somewhat arrogant in that sense. I don't know how this will pan out because, like, the last time Daniel Rick faced competition from a teammate, that was our RV, he left. But now that like he's older, and I'm not sure anybody wants him. I'm not sure what he has planned. Maybe if, if he leaves, that's like retirement, basically. But yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Hassan. Um, Adebayo, please. Yeah, so I think I sort of disagree with what the last speaker said, because I think Lando, him whatever um, treatment is getting from um, McLaren, right? Um, I don't think, right? And um, yeah, you could say that he wasn't quite entitled because it seems like Danny Rick was faster, right? But again, right, they are like 20, 23 or 22 races in the season, right? You can't expect Lando to probably win, finish above, um, Danny Rick in all the races, right? There are some races that um, Danny Rick might probably like finish ahead of Lando, right? Last season, we all, we all agreed yesterday that Danny Rick won um, Monza, but um, he would also agree on the points, right? He would also agree that um, Danny Rick's performance last season cost them P3 in the Constructors uh, Championship. And again, just like 2019 as well, right? It's not all the races that um, Charles Leclerc and disciplined um, Sebastian Vettel, right? There was still some time that Sebastian Vettel had to, I think Singapore, for example, he had to like um, bully his way to just manage to get a race win. So that it won't be like um, um, Charles Leclerc bullied him throughout the season with more races and more, um, and more calling um, head to head records than him. So it's expected that there are some races that, that we could. Um, should finish ahead of or ahead of Lando, and that should not change the old narrative that um, Danny Rick has not been like um, um, dropping 
poor performances. But as well, you should also commend him whenever he puts in a very good performance, which he did today. Thank you very much, um, Adebayo. Uh, I don't know if anyone wanted to um, add anything else just before we move on to um, the Alpha Twaris. Okay. Okay, so um, um, Pierre Gasly and um, Yuki. So um, obviously we all know what happened. Um, the drama with Yuki, you know, um, the DRS um flap where they had to use the duct tape, you know. So um, a lot of us feel um, they should have been, well, I say, penalized, you know, and then um. In 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 that situation, yeah, I, looking at it from um, the team's point of view, no one knew that would happen, you know. So even though, um, as um, I believe it was cheesy that said it earlier on that um, it might be a safety hazard, you know. But I believe from the team's point of view, no one um expected that to occur, you know, and um. Then maybe using the duct tape. Mm. The duct tape, I, personally, I don't, I, you, there's no DRS, you know, so it's more of a, would I say, performance disadvantage, you know. So, um, but, um, yeah, that's my take on um, Yuki. And um, Gazda, I believe Gazda drove excellently well, you know, um... Like Gasly has been fortunate in um, Baku, you know, he was fortunate. I believe he was on the podium last year in Baku, you know. So um, it's a track that he loves, and you know, um, after the first seven races, you know, not going so well, you know, this is more like um a recovery, you know, and um, another a confidence boost for him. So um, yeah, I believe um. It was it was an incredible drive from um Gasly, you know, yeah. So um also, it's, um we, um if we're going back to um Yuki, also shows that Alpha um the Alpha Tourists still have a bit of reliability issues, you know, in which they need to solve, you know, because this is race eight out of twenty three, you know, and um yeah, it just says a lot, you know. So um yeah, uh so we have. Okay, between okay, I'll say Miss Catrock, Adekola, then I'm um, Salim, please. In that order, thank you very much. So, I think this whole duct tape thing is ridiculous because at the end of the day, it is unacceptable and it's a health and safety issue. And to me, I feel like the FIA they just apply rules as and when they feel like. If this was when we look back to Brazil and the two, the the Point two inches on Hamilton's car of his wing at the back and he got a penalty for that how is there not a penalty for this and obviously it's a problem because when they started doing the duct tape one of the officials ran down the pit lane and tried to stop them letting the car go out and they did it anyway I'm not mad at them for letting it go out because as a team they just want to finish the race what I'm mad at is the FIA clearly you felt it was a problem 
where's the penalty? What what's happened? What are you doing about it? No one's it's happened and no one said anything about it since then. And it's not fair because if it was somebody else on the grid, they would straight away be in there. And they say this year they're all about safety and all the rest of this. And this is a safety issue because if that piece had fallen off or flew off into somebody else's car, then what? Thank you very much, Ms. Katong. Valid points you've raised, you know. Um, I will say um, I still have to agree with you. And then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll still um, say something, but let's all hear from the rest of the room. So, um, Adekola, please. Um, uh, I think somebody have mentioned this incident and tried to compare it with what happened to Louis in Brazil last year. The situation is actually not the same thing. They are not the same. They are not the same issue. Um, Louis' rear wing in Brazil didn't meet um, the technical regulation. Basically, it's just straight up. That was the reason, and it wasn't as if Louis' rear wing in Brazil was damaged. That that's the difference here. The rear wing of Louis in Brazil wasn't damaged. So it didn't just meet the technical regulation as at that point. So it's not the same thing of a car that was okay and mid-race develop a problem. And the team could actually, they believe they could solve the problem temporarily. And let's not forget that they, they, they didn't take the car inside the, the main pit. You can actually do repair. I can't just quote the articles in my head. And anybody could correct me maybe later on if, I, if I'm wrong. The teams can actually do minor repair during the race. It, it's allowed. That's when, even during the red flag, we can see team comes and um, do make changes, repair. The only thing is it has to be part for part. And for Yuki to know that he, he's at the disadvantaged side of, of the whole thing. Because he was he he can he can no longer use the DRS. The only time this will probably attract them a penalty is if the DRS remain open. I, I can't remember. I think it's Nico Hockenberg driving for Renault. I can't really remember the team, but I can still remember not quite long, maybe three years ago. There was a there was a driver that actually have to retire because the the DRS couldn't close. So that won't post uh, a safety issue because you can't you can't go into some corners with your DRS wide open. Secondly, that's like a huge advantage all around the, the, the track, driving with your DRS open. So in this regard, it's not like the DRS is stuck open. It's actually a part of uh, part of it is opening and the other part is not opening. And then there, there was a gap. And the team could actually fix that with the dock. There's no problem. There's no technical regulation being bridged using a duct tape on your car. There's no rule against this thing. So teams can do that. Red Bull did that like over and over and over and over last season using duct tape on um, Max Verstappen, uh, DRS flap and all of that. They, 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 they. So if you want to say something, let there be like a clear rule a, a team is bridging. Because I don't see why will be calling for uh, um, Alpha Tauri or Yuki to be penalized 
because they, they call in the car to, to put a temporary fix and he could go out there to compete the race. We're talking about uh, what if the end place flies off. Things fly up, uh, off F1 cars all the time. And most of the time, they still continue, they still go on with the race, right? So these things happen. It is not um, uh, like it, it, we don't. We have not seen that happen in 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 the recent time. So as far as I'm concerned, neither Yuki or Afatari they've not done anything wrong, and they've not breached any of the sporting or technical regulations. It, maybe I'm missing some part of the articles. I don't know. But as far as I know, I don't know any of the articles in the sporting code or the technical regulations that they bridge with what they did today. So uh, uh, maybe the, the only thing we could call, I, I think we should talk about is if FI could now step in, maybe and say, okay, because of this, 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 going forward, we will not allow this, this, this. But as at today, they, they've not done anything wrong. And so why was the official trying to stop them? Well, uh, to be honest, I, I don't know why the official. It's. I wouldn't say the official was trying to stop them, cause if truly the official was trying to stop them, they could have radio the race director could actually. Uh, they could. There are so many ways they could <laughs> stop them. Let me let me finish. You ask a question. Let me finish. There are so many ways. I don't know what the official was trying to do, but the truth is there are so many ways they could have stopped the car going out, or there are things in place to bring the car back in the pit. One, they could call the race director and like, okay, this guy is not supposed to be added. Two, they could actually black flag the Yuki. Like, that, that's the uh, function of flags in, in Formula 1 race. They could show him the flag, like, you have been back flag, you have to go back to the pit and park. So, none of that happened. He wasn't back flag. There was no uh, um, instruction from the race director to like, uh, to Afatari, like, you guys cannot take back out this car you should withdraw the car. They, they can't disobey that. Even, they didn't even use radio to communicate that. They only have to tell the marshal to black, um, to black flag um, Yuki Shinoda, and he won't have any choice than to drive back to the pit and, and they will retire the car. So that's all I'm trying to say. We can actually talk about going forward, is this supposed to be acceptable? But as of today, to be honest, I don't know. To be except someone can actually quote an article in sporting or technical. I don't think they have done anything wrong today. Then um, going to overall performance of Afatari, I think they are still learning their car as well. They are very sim they are in a place where uh, McLaren is right now, and I feel if they could get on top of this situation. They, they could actually just be right there with McLaren, probably even stay that fifth place from them or probably fourth because um, in some races, they, they, they have a very, very solid car and in, in some races, it's just like disappeared and it's, it's more like they're taking a step forward and two steps backward and all of that. But I believe they are still going in the right direction. They suffered couple of problems earlier in the season. There are a couple of DNF here and here. But for the last three races now, it's been it has not been something really serious. So I think they are still going in the in the right direction. And 
I just want to see the update they'll probably bring to Silverstone for me to be able to like um, judge where they'll probably finish at the end of the season. And I'm actually happy too for Yuki. He has really, really stepped up uh, his game and he's just performing like the way he sh the way uh, is your second year in F1 should 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 be and i i don't think he will have any problem um getting another year in 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 afatari he I, I i strongly believe even judging by his performance so far he deserve he deserves another another contract be it one year i don't mind he actually deserves to to drive that car again next year and for Gasly, I'm happy for Perez. He 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 secured uh, a long a bit of um, yeah two years deal with uh, Red Bull. But uh, for me, I I I would say if Gasly should remain in AlphaTauri, it's not a bad thing at all. It's not a bad thing at all. That car have a lot of potential. Like over time, it's going to be like very very close to what Red Bull have. So. Um, if I could advise Pierre, I will, I will actually say he should just negotiate for maybe another year in Afatari and all of that because I, I don't really see where he will be going if he suddenly just wants to leave um, Afatari for another team because there are so many young stars on the queue in almost all the teams that are waiting. So uh, I think for me... Gassi should just try and, and get extension on his contract for Afatari. Thank you very much, uh, Adekola. Well, for um, if, just to add to what you said about Gassi, I think for a team like Afatari and Red Bull, the, maybe except Max, any other driver, their contract is in the hands of someone like your Marco, you know. So um personally I would advise that Gasly leave the whole Red Bull train, you know, and then go to a team whereby he's able to negotiate properly as you as you said, you know, because um a team like Red like um, Red Bull and um teams like Red Bull and Alpha try they have um academy of drivers that are waiting to get in the seat you know so even if they replace gas the one messes up another one will come in like that so i feel um for Gasly, you should just leave the whole red bull um train entirely and find another team you know so hopefully um something works out well for him um yeah um, Imadi, I don't know if your hand was up there. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning. Okay, yeah. Okay, go ahead, please. Um. All right. Um. Like talking about this whole uh, rear wing issue. Um. Like for last year, the infringement that Adekola is talking about is that um. It says here that yeah, when DRS is activated, which raises the upper element of the wing. To a flatter position, the gap must be between 10 millimeters and 85 millimeters. Apparently, when they measured that, like um, on the rear wing of Hamilton, it was a bit over, and like the the gap was a bit over by I think 0.2 mm, 
which is very very negligible right okay um the article says the gap should be between 10 mm and 15 mm what i'm arguing is that if you could see like if you could see his rear wing before he came into pit that there was a gap like even after they had even after they had uh applied those duct tips on his rear wing you could see a gap there was a gap and that gap exceeded like the approved limit so it's completely in violation of of the regulations and one thing i'm saying is that the FIA are not consistently applying their rules take for instance the issue of the delta time that uh hamilton was called like he was called by the FIA to to clarify or something Natura- naturally he should get a penalty but but why didn't he get a penalty because in spain nobody was adhering to the delta times nobody was he was the only one that did that he actually adhered to the delta times and that that actually um uh it affected his qualifying time and um adekola was talking about like change part for part if i'm not mistaken when cars are in park fami like you're not supposed to make changes to the car the only changes that you make to to um the car is maybe like you can adjust the front front wing elements yeah unless maybe there's a rain and you can make a whole lot of modifications but like at the start of the race today i can't remember the driver that was given a stop and go penalty because um uh, a team member from his team pushed his car back to like the grade where it was meant to be he got a stop and go penalty so why can't the FIA implement their rules consistently and like talking part for part um uh the the duct tape that was added to his rear wing was it was it um uh, an OEM part it wasn't was it manufactured by alpha tauri no was it an uh, identical replica of a part that was on his car that had to be replaced no it was not so i i honestly don't understand this argument of part for part and okay additionally like why did jack uh sorry not jack why did jubawa come running like after the car after it had gone but to this moment nothing has been said like about uh, yuki sunoda whether he has been disqualified or not so like the fia needs to be more consistent uh, thank you very much uh please can, can i just answer the question okay. i declare i want to respond yeah yeah please yeah go ahead okay, sure respond um okay uh the issue of louis you were talking about that first of all there is nothing like negligible in technical regulation if you bridge it you bridge it and you just have to take the penalty there is no uh rounding up or negligible because the figures or whatever there is nothing like that in in the technical regulation is very and very... i didn't say that he shouldn't have been disqualified No no I'm getting somewhere I'm getting somewhere just just let me right so what I'm that why I'm telling I'm saying that 
the situation today is not the same thing with last year Brazil is because at the beginning of the race, everything was fine with Yuki's real win. You could have been making this point if that gap was there when they were about to start the Grand Prix and you went ahead and raced for that long with that. It's different from when your car is fine and your car develops a problem mid-race. You are allowed to fix that. It's it's very very simple. I don't know. I don't know. This is but this is okay. Possible. The fix that Let you're talking finish. about, right? Is it Let is it? No no no. You you've talked about like the fix. Is it at the detriment of the safety of the other cars that are on the track, the other drivers, the uh, safety officials that are on the track? Is it is it at their what own detriment? What, what detriment are you talking about? Like I don't get it. Like it, nothing, okay. nothing flew up. That front, uh, that rear yeah. wing could have come out flying. Could have come up. That's the English. Could have it and team did something to uh, prevent that from happening. I don't see how this is very very difficult to explain. So was it tested? You how are how are you sure that? How are you sure that like that would have been a permanent fix? He finished the race and nothing flew off from his car. That's how I'm being sure. Like this thing is very very straightforward. And talking about pass for part, you you when you talk about park family, you when during the race it, the cars are not are are, are not under the, the type of park family you were talking about. Last year in um no that was that was wait, wait, hold that on, was hold an on, isolated example. If if your car if if any car is damaged, the team can actually carry out repairs. It's not up to them how how long it's going to take or what are they going to sacrifice. That's why sometimes team just decide to retire because by the time they fix, there is no point going out there to race. But in this case, they believe it can just come in and they'll put a duct tape and it can go out there. And they did that. You tell me in the technical or sporting regulation, you, you should just come ahead with what the, the, the rules they just breached in this race. They have not breached any of the rules as far as, as I know. Then you are saying they didn't manufacture duct tape, they didn't manufacture this, this duct tape. O O E M like what are, like I don't I don't just get that duct tape is duct tape and it's 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 <laughs> it's used to hold things in place so they don't have to be the ones to manufacture it they, and you are sure and, of its structural integrity in terms of keeping that component in its place did they you keep are the sure of that did, did they keep the component in place today or not that is not the argument. No, no, no. That was, that's what you are saying. They've not. Breathed. You are talking about they put uh, people in danger. Whatever. Who did they put in danger at the end of the race? Nobody. Come on, man. Come on, no, really. This is a fact. Did you give finish the race or not? Did the part uh, like go off from his car? No. And you are talking. You kept talking about um, somebody trying to stop the car and all of that. This is this is formula. I don't know. This is F, this is F one. They don't run mm -hmm. after somebody to stop somebody. Come, did you, like this thing is just I don't know how to put it. There are flags to take care of that. I just explained the whole process. If they don't want that car to be out there, they will simply ask them to return that car back. It's as easy as that. And, and that is exactly what I'm saying. Why yeah, didn't so they do because that? It's, it's because what? they've not actually done anything wrong. 
You yourself said okay, you know now, who Joe Bauer is, I'm guessing, you right? You yourself said up to now, there has not been anything regarding that incident. So what, what does that have to tell you? And that's the question I'm asking. That's the question like the last lady has been asking. Because they Look, did not you can't have rules that work anything. you can't have yes. rules that work on, on race seven, but they don't work on race eight. It has to be consistent. What rules work it has on to race be seven consistent. that did not work on, on race eight? They, they have not done anything wrong. See, I understand where you're coming from. That's why I said if you call for like, okay, is this thing acceptable or not? That's a different uh, point of discussion. But trying to say Afatari or Yuki or the engineers today bridge a rule and got away with it. That's my own contention. Okay, here. and I've told you, I've told you like the article, like what article that minimum, that? that minimum distance that you are supposed to not exceed. From what I could see from the TV, it had already exceeded it. But that there's is a minimum in gap that, that you're not supposed different. to exceed. That is in race. What that are you happens. saying? Like it's like you are partly having a marginal DRS in every lap of every uh, in every lap until the end of the race. So how is that not an uh, infringement of the technical directives? Wait, so okay. I think we have Hassan with... and uh, Ingress that want to also contribute to this discussion. All right. So uh, Ingress, then Hassan, then Imadi, then uh, Mark. Uh, all I want to ask is, uh, maybe we should just wait for Jobawa himself to clarify why he ran to the talk. So we shouldn't make argument based on something that is not clear enough. Uh, in terms of like the technical infringement for the DRS, I think it's very minimal. I don't think uh, as you know that I actually gained anything from that uh, duct tape issue. So I think it's better advisedly to wait and hear what Joe says so we can discuss it next week or uh, pending to Canada race this thing, GP. That's all I want to add. Thank you, Inverse, mm-hmm. for that. So, uh, Hassan, thank you. Right next. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, one of the issue was that, like, he couldn't open one half of his DRS while the other half opened. So it's not like the part was loose and wanted to fly out. It's just that it just wouldn't open and all of that. And then, like, RB also heard the issue that happened to him. And because they don't want to pit Max because of the entire DRS and because it happened to them, consistent him and all of that, they also told Max, don't use DRS. And, like, people actually said that, like, if AlphaTauri told Yuki, don't use DRS, it won't be, like, one DRS is opening, one is, the other one is not opening. I mean, that's you finish the race at his current position and all of that. So I'm not sure if it's that big of a deal, to be honest. But like me, I just want to focus on Pierre Gasly because like he's currently now he's faced with contract extension or to leave. Me, I'm hoping he actually goes to Alpine if they want him because I actually want to see an all French lineup at Alpine. You know, because the Alpine team is French, is sponsored by the French country. So I don't know. I just it's something I want to see. But yeah, I feel he's being wasted at Alpatari because the man is 26. And like at one point in time, even if even if F one team principals don't say they don't look at age, but like we all be so much young talent coming up, and Pierre Gasly being twenty six, only one race win, I think. I I don't know. I feel like time is ticking for him. But yeah. 
Thank you, Hassan. Uh, so I think it's Imadi and then Mark. Um, the whole DRS thing was actually Adikola said most of the things I wanted to say was more of the I think um 2010 or around the time they put a rule where if you flout the whole technical regulations, then is a no. Like we could actually see it last year in Hungary. Um, they could get I think 0.7 millimeters of fuel from Seb's car, but was. 0.3 made him lose 18 points. So this there are some rules that are black and white. Once you flout them, you face the consequences. And then um, I think look, Ryuki's actuator actually was what broke. And that was why there was that gap there. So the according to the rules, he actually met the technical regulations at the start of the race when they measure and when they check all these things because they have FIA delegates assigned to each car and all that kind of a thing. So mid and we've seen them, we've seen cars, we've seen cars um, use tape, like even in Baku 2017 when Seb ran into the back of Lewis and then there was a red flag after some point and they literally used them um, tape to tape Lewis's car. Should we have now said, oh, that was not a like-for-like -like part because the tape was not previously on Lewis's car and they should have disqualified Lewis or they should penalize him for some seconds and all that kind of a thing. So I think we are over-pushing the issue. Um, even when um, 2019 Suzuka, I think um, Leclerc's mirror failed and hit Lewis's um, helmet, they didn't even penalize Leclerc. They didn't even call him in for anything. So, yes, I understand the inconsistency Salim is mentioning from the part of the FIA, but we should also learn to distinguish which is the breach of the technical regulations and which is the breach of or some which um, there's a leeway that the FIA is, is used to letting go. This guy was literally not benefiting from anything. They called him, and this calling into the um, pits for the DRS issue, I think 2013 Alonso in Bahrain, he used the DRS and wasn't open opening, and they had to call him into Peter things multiple times for them to fix it. I think they taped it down, they hit it, they taped it down before they now allowed him go out again. So this is a it's not a novel incident in F1. So I don't think we should dwell too much on it. Yes, it had the potential to probably fly out, but this is not the first time. Parts have been flying off cars in F1. We have we see them almost every race, probably in practice sessions and all that kind of thing. Yeah, thank you. I think it's uh, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Imade has said most of what I wanted to say, anyways, because uh, I just had to go back and check. It, it was actually not that the the flap was. Um, at risk of flying out. I think the main thing was that that half of the DRS um, flap wasn't working. And then the only, or, I mean, I think it was even an, it was an ingenuous moment because, I mean, the only other thing they would have done more, maybe would have been to allow him race without being able to use the DRS and that didn't make so much sense. I just felt like it was more of them trying to fix that flap to connect it to the actuator. So when it opens up, 
the whole flap can open up. And I don't think it was at risk of falling away. It was just that it wasn't opening. Because I think if you look at the structure of the DRS flaps now, I think they've split it into two down the middle for most um, cars. So it has to pull both flaps upwards when it's activated. and So, so I think the other half, I think the right half wasn't working. And I think the, the duct tape thing, just like Imade said, it's not new in F1. And even in NASCAR and other races, other race competitions, other car or motorsport competitions, you see them use duct tape for some quick fixes. So, I, mean, I don't think he was breaching any rule because even after he fixed it, I've looked at pictures again, he was still level with the other flap. So he wasn't gaining anything. There was a speaker that said something about him gaining virtually DRS on every lap. I don't think that was the case because it was actually really close. It wasn't more of fixing the level of the flap it was more of making it work because it wasn't working and they had to use duct tape to maybe tape down the connection or something and that was like more of like an ingenious moment so i do not think the fi is going to unless they would say that the duct tape thing is not allowed i do i don't think it's a thing no unless they would say that yeah using the duct tape on that was not allowed or it was against some rule which i do not know of but if it's for him gaining something or him putting other drivers at risk, it wasn't a risk thing with respect to it falling off. It was more that it wasn't functional and they were trying to get a quick fix so he can actually get DRS and use it when he wants to use it. So I think that's, I think the misconception, unless I'm mistaken, but this is what I saw and I've gone back to check and that's what like I've also read from what that really happened. So I think people saying it was a risk of falling off and damaging someone else's car, I don't think that was the case. I think it was more than just that the flap wasn't working, the actuator wasn't pulling that part up, and then they had to do something to get it working. Fortunately for them, the duct tape thing worked anyway. And just like someone else said, he didn't really gain anything anyway. So that, that's just my opinion on that, and that's what I think happened. Unless FIA will come out and say duct tape is no longer allowed, but... I don't think they broke any technical rules. Maybe that's why nobody's even talking about it. I think it was even more of just like a fun thing for most people. Yeah. Thank you very much, um, Mark. So, um, guys, we'll be moving on to um, Aston Martin. Aston Martin, um, only... I know yesterday we spoke about Aston Martin, and then Aston Martin, we... Oh, I don't, let me not say we. I classify them as in the same category as Alpine and um, Williams. You know who we on the outside don't seem to um, have an idea of what their direction is. You know, um, today they suffered um, another reliability issue with Stroll. You know, and then um, luckily. Um, Seb was able to finish, you know, and finished in a very um, um, decent um, position, you know, because with no proper safety car, no red flag, just VSCs, you could say that was, that was the best possible place he could finish, you know, and then eight points in the bag. So, um... For Aston Martin, it's going to be interesting going to Montreal, you know, and then um, obviously that is Lance's home race. And I don't, I don't think we've been to Canada since twenty nineteen or eighteen or whatever. Yeah, I think twenty nineteen. So yeah, um, 
it's going to be um interesting, you know, to see how Lance performs, you know, because now this is his father's team, you know, so it's going to be said he's going to perform on home ground, you know. And then um yeah, that's I think that's just it for me on um Aston Martin per se. So um okay, we have Adekola Hassan. Okay, um okay, Adekola Hassan, um Adebayo, please in that order. Thank you. Uh, Seb drove like a very, very solid race today. And this was just quite unfortunate. He couldn't make that um, overtake on Okon, I think, stick. And that is why he finished where he, he, he finished us today. Given if he could make that move stick, probably he would have finished behind Lewis, I believe. But all in all, it's very obvious now. It's only Seb that is actually dragging that team to wherever they are going, and it's just still good to see. Like, um, I'm a huge fan of Seb. Like, Sebastian Vettel is actually like the driver I I I root for. I support. He's actually my guy. And for me personally, yes, the car is not there, but it's. Today's race just give me the vibe like yes, unlike um, the popular opinion that that Seb is finished, he's actually not done. He's just still unfortunate to be in a car that could not really challenge for anything. And for me, <laughs> it was a great entertainment with that like 360 turn he did when he he missed that um, turn two trying to overtake Okon like I, I couldn't I couldn't just believe that that was very very precise calculated and and fast and I, I'm surprised I'm not uh, at the same time not surprised because he has had that moment uh, in practice and he's been spinning that car in that very narrow space quite very well but the rate at which he, he was able to to span the car around today and just get back on the track and was still able to finish where he finished. He, he, that just gave me a lot of like joy as as a as a Seb fan. Thank you very much, Amadekola. Um Hassan, please. Yeah, so I think like we said what he did today, like because he was giving a a gift to like when they did the entire pits thing. When Lewis came out behind him, and um, was it Gasly, I think. So Vettel was actually in front and was battling um, Ocon. Yeah. And Vettel actually had the chance to do the overtake on Ocon, but then, like, I don't know, for some weird reason, the four-time world driver champion that we thought we knew was good. Like, he carried too much speed into the turn, and then just like that, Baba has gone off. And from there, he could have actually like gone up higher than that. Maybe, maybe if the Aston Martin was fast, maybe he could have finished ahead of Lewis. I don't know, maybe, but that's less than hopeful. But yeah, I just feel like that entire 360 he did messed up what could have been for him today. But yeah, that's just it for me. Thank you very much. Adebayo, please. Yeah, I think Amazon has already touched on what I wanted to say about um, um, about um, Seb getting a P6 instead of a P4. 
um, for that um, very um, careless um, lockup for for Abilog said that we know that is a four-time world champion. Right. But again, I think I think I think again, I think I think um they will be extremely glad um as um set plans to manage the P6 because you know when when your expectation for the race was probably like a P eleven or P twelve and you probably end up getting a P six, you know, you would be extremely happy and glad, right? It's not well um, it's probably different for other teams with or other drivers with a better um with better expectations and aspirations, right? But again, yeah, I, I think um I think apart from the mistake, right? I think Seb drove well today. I think he kept this car so steady. I think um I think whatever data Aston Martin um really hope to be able to extract from the car, right? Um in this street race, I think um Seb could have probably given them that other opportunity to do that, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so next week, I think let's let's wait to Canada as well. Let's see as many opportunities to gather more data Seb could give them, and let's see what he would do at Silverstone, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Um, Malaji, were you going to say something? Okay, I think I think that the caller's hand was up. Okay. Yeah. That's one. Amadeka, go ahead, please. Uh, well, I, I just want to say it's very easy for to point uh, to point finger at Seb, uh, him being maybe careless or this or mistake or that. It's very, very, very easy. Uh, but before we do that, we should we should also remember the the type of car, <laughs> the type of car he's been been given to to perform. And uh, while at that, we, not long ago, we, we, we saw someone makes even a bigger mistake. Looking at what's happened to, to Seb today, we've seen other drivers making a bigger mistake and losing more positions, like locking up their brakes, missing their turn, having to go into the wrong way, and losing from uh from a very very high point to scoring no points it's, it's very easy to say service is service that but not long ago we know other drivers to make such mistake and they actually lost more positions than Seb did today and i mean this guy was able able, able to recover back it's I, I've not seen okay, I'm a Seb fan and I, I, I don't I'm not even ashamed of that. I've not seen a driver actually go into uh exit road and come back to the track safely and only lost I think three positions. I, I've not seen that in F1. Given that the whole bunch was actually like together. Come on, let's let's give it to this guy. Yes, he made a mistake, he locked up, he missed the turn, and that's actually brave and i mean see calculated as well he could as well lock up and end up in the war just like leclerc did in um two years ago was it last year or, or, or thereabout he could have well just lock up and continue to be greedy like i can make it i can make it just like we saw with stroke in in qualifying and went straight into the war and and retired 
But this guy made that mistake. He realized I'm not going to make the turn. He went into the exit road, did a 360 pin in uh, spinning under two seconds. And before we know it, he's back on the track. And he was able to recover most of this um, uh, position back. It's, it, for me, it's, uh, it's, it, it's quick for people to tag Seb as a four-time world champion making this mistake, making that mistake. And that is where the problem is with us fans. We usually don't use uh, the same yardstick we use for a particular driver across all the drivers. And uh, but it's, it's still part of what makes all of us fans enjoy the sport anyway. So uh, that that that's all I want to say. Okay, um, Hassan. Um, and I know you want to reply, but we'll come to you. Hassan, um, please uh, quickly, and so that we just move on. Um, go ahead. Okay, I want to reply, Nicola, because I feel like you could have tagged us in your chest. You could have let us know that the driver you're talking about was Lewis Hamilton, and it was the magic break. Yes, we know, we made the mistake. But, like, I mean... Vettel was baited by Ocon to carry speed into that corner. I mean, it was it was just obvious. Because like when it came to Lewis, Lewis didn't fall for that trick. He didn't take the outside. He didn't go with all the speed in the world. Like, with the way Vettel drove into that corner, you would think there was still more straights at the end of that at the end of that road. But like, I don't know. My guy was just going, going, going. Maybe he was just thinking about stopping the car and coming out to pick up trash or something like that because we know that's what Seb is known for our our stadium cleaner so maybe that's what he wanted to do we don't know we'll figure out wow 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 serious shots uh Adebayo go on because I know you're on defense here I remember I want to talk about the Swedish um activists um Mentee. But that was quite good for Mazan though. But I I I, I know of a certain thing that uh, um um Adekola, for example, has been a grandmaster chef in terms of cooking other drivers and other teams. So I don't I don't know why he's trying to like defend the fact that um that a four-time world champion fell for the bait of someone that is still trying to cement is um his team is um his seat at um Alpine, right? And um it's it's I, I think it's quite um shocking as well to see a lot of defense, right? Just agree the fact that he made a mistake and he could have finished P4. Probably P3 self, you know, things could have turned out much better for him, right? But again, like I said much earlier, right, when your expectations are in line with P eleven P12. I end up finishing P6. It's a good performance, right? Very good. You would take it and you would even like be very happy about it. And you continue with your activism during the week. So let's go to Canada and see again if you can get the same luck. Uh Adebayo, just to um, um Adikola, I know you want to reply, but just, just... to collaborate what oh, one second, just to collaborate what um Adebayo has said. Um, Aston Martin put out a tweet where Seb said this is a performance to be proud of. You know, I think we all can be pleased with the results. We have been pushing the limits of the car and it's starting to pay off. 
for us now. So um yeah, I believe um as Ad- as Adibayo said, when you expect something less and then you surpass achievement, you know, you see it as a performance to be proud of, you know. But yeah, Adika, please go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know Adibayo will definitely come back. But um, the thing is, at this point, uh, I would like to borrow a Joker card that is widely used. So, uh, which is Adibayo and Hassan should just come out and say they don't like Seb, like they don't like Sebastian. Like, I don't like this guy or like, I, I'm not feeling this guy. I don't want to hear anything about Seb. Just just come out. Just come out and tell us so that we know, we understand, we agree. Just say you are a hater, right? Just just say that. So uh, that that's 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 the joker card I, I just want to use at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um Adebayo, your response quickly, please. Okay, we also have Mark. Adebayo, the Mark, please. You call it on greatness, right? Um, just like um just like um, Adekola and some other Sebastian fans has been super. I could remember like some moments back, these same Sebastian fans were trying to defend um, a very wrong narrative about um, Lewis being a, um, Lewis putting up an Oscar performance, right? Just like that, you know, you you when you see greatness that you aspire. That you have like aspirations for your um, stand or for your favorite driver to be like, and uh, it's and um, the, your favorite driver begins to like drop subpar, you know, performances that you already know the fact that he or, he or she can never match that greatness. You would always want to, you know, bring in one or two points here and there, you know, to just make yourself feel good about P6, right? My my own goat cannot tweet that P4 is a or cannot even say in an interview that my P4 is something we are already used to race wins. That's what we do, you know, for a living, you know. If you understand this kind of a thing, when it's already in your vein, but for your guy now that the last time he ever tasted a race win was was I think Singapore 2019, you know, is even too far, man. Three years ago. Come on now. Let's let's be serious about these things. I mean Say we should move on to other teams. Let's leave Sebastian alone. Adebayo, Adebayo, Adebayo. Well, thank you, thank you. Okay, I see Adikola. Adikola, please. Okay, I'm sorry. We had Mark earlier. On. Sorry, <laughs> we had Mark. <laughs> this is sorry, my Mark. I apologize. Please go ahead. I'm laughing actually. <laughs> sorry. Wait, has has Imade spoken? Please, because. Because I told him this was going to happen before this restart. But the funny thing about this whole thing is that I really don't know why Vettel uh, fans are looking for haters. Because, because I mean, the record has the record he's been he's had since his last win has been there for everybody to see. I don't even get it. like he made a mistake. He lost two spots and all of that. And they're trying to like save face by saying, "Yeah, the three sixty spin was kiniko kiniko. This one, that one." Yeah, the spin was fine, but that doesn't take away from the fact that yeah, he lost two positions and he did something that and he made a mistake. I, I think both things can coexist without them trying to make everybody look like they're hating. That's just my whole point. Accept the fact that your guy is not that skinny anymore. 
he made a mistake. He shot did something interesting, good and fine. Just accept both of them, and then yeah, he's been made for a while now, and everybody knows that. I don't know why they don't want to accept it. You can blame the cow, blame whatever you want to blame. Bro. We shall know what is happening. That's my own. Um. Um. Well, I would just, I would just uh add to um what and um um Hassan and Mark have said. So um I think. If we're even giving Sebastian the credit here, we're giving someone credit for a mistake. You know, we're talking about his spin. You know, it's not fast and furious. You know, this. You know, we are like you should not like you're a professional driver, four-time world champion. Shouldn't be making such mistakes. You know, and such uh, Ocon, Ocon, small Ocon. That is, you know, so um. I feel um though though they finished P six, you know, and um as Adekola said, to be honest, Seb is the only one carrying the team, you know, in as much as we are going in on Seb. Let's also remember that um the person funding the team is not also performing. You know, so um yeah. Um Adekola, do you want to quickly say something just before we move on? Yeah, like I, I don't remember myself saying Seb didn't make a mistake. Like, I didn't remember saying that. That's like, I didn't. I never said he didn't make a mistake. I didn't say that. And that's that. And um, Adibayo saying uh, his goals will not come and, and be tweeting, this is a great performance. Your goals once tweeted a whole telemetry that's supposed to be like a super, super secret as a back then. And it has to be like, be cautioned to be like, what, let's see. Then uh, for Hassan, no, no, no. I, I think, is it Hassan or who? Um, somebody was saying a four-time world champion shouldn't be making such a mistake. A seven-world champion left the whole button on and drove like that couple of meters and locked up and dropped from, from, from P1 to whatever, right? A seven, so if you do the math, that's like three. Four, four minus three, we have uh, four minus seven, we have three. So a seven world champion did something even worse than that. And probably that's one of the things that cost him a whole championship. So what are we saying here about uh, a four world champion or single or zero world champion making a mistake? Everybody could make a mistake. Everybody could lock up and miss their turn. All I'm was trying to say is we've seen driver that lock up like that and end up in the wall. We've seen driver like that that locked up and lost more positions and they were not able to regain that. And that is where me, I'm giving Seb a credit. I never said he didn't make a mistake or he 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 should, he, he did um he, he should have uh how will I put it now? I never said he didn't misjudge that that overtake on Okun. I never said that. All I'm saying is he he try and do a couple of things in the race to make up for the mistake he did, which drivers usually do every now and then. Max went off in um uh what race is that? And he was able to like come back and put out a super performance to cover up for that error earlier. It happens every now and then. 
Even Louis made such music in a race and he will still come back and put on a super performance to the extent that you just have no choice and to overlook the mistake he did um, earlier because he was able to redeem himself. So that's just it. So uh, people's goals have made such terrible mistakes which caused them more, which caused the said goals even more than whatever said lose out today. And people's goals went as petty as tweeting telemetry back then to just save face, which ended up backfiring. So when we are stating out our facts, let's let's not forget history, please, so that we'll be able to to shoot very well. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adekola. Oh, yeah, Madiba, 30 seconds, please. Ah, okay, Hassan. Yeah. We're not going to leave here. Oh, please, okay. Um, You guys, um, it's one minute each, please. How the, mighty has, how the mighty has fallen. So, super performers night equivalent to P6. Wow. For a four-time world champion. That is, that is so... That is so interesting to hear, right? And um, and um, for a four-time world champion that you know um, <clears throat> was chased out of Ferrari, right? After like uh, probably a new guy. Wow, wow! So you are celebrating P6 as super performance. I never thought I could, I could, I could bear to see this day. You know, I can never be my guy. My guy cannot be celebrating P6 as super performance. Never. Come on. We can do better with our cooking now. If we want to cook, let's cook gently. Don't let us be uh, don't let us be putting P6. Eh? P6 in Formula One. How many points? now. Okay, sorry. Your guy is competing with William. Sorry, I've forgotten. So P6 is very good for their championship battle and fight. I just want to clarify that, like, Adebayo is not actually... Lewis is not his good. His good is actually Charles Leclerc. So, like, if you want to come back at it, Adebayo, just ask him how how his own good responds to failures in, in a race. Because the, the way I know Charles Leclerc responds to mistakes is that, I am stupid. Oh, guys, I'm so sorry, I'm stupid. That's how Charles Leclerc responds. So, I don't know if who Adebayo farms in. Because I know you're not a Lewis fan. It's Charles Leclerc that is your guy. So, please, come correct. If you want to cook, at least you will cook, you will cook with correct money now. You both, we both know that this thing you just said now is absolutely wrong, right? <laughs> you know that way. So, you want to cook, cook. You just want to set Charles up for drag, right? Which is fine, right? People have been dragging Charles. They can always drag him, right? But we all know that in the schema of things, right? Just like you could have multiple drivers as as your preference right <laughs> Louis and Charles right so you could come back at me at Charles which is all fine and good but when we are discussing about world champions right let's keep it at world champions level when we are discussing about that right you can never put the same you can never put Louis and um Seb in the same bracket of you know what goats could do and the current aspiration and expectation for each goats you know so please let's come gently Adebayo. Well, um, Adekola, Adekola. Uh, well, Adekola, do you want yes, to, let's, please, let's, yes, let's very, I'd very, love to hear very, what Madi wants to say. Yeah, okay, please. Me. Yeah, very, very brief. Uh, I just want to remind uh, guys that uh, the said goat actually 
was throwing tantrum and complaining when Seb was actually winning so much. So what are we talking about here? Like you're talking about goats that 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 was <laughs> how will I even put it? That was all over the place complaining that Seb winning so so much is is making is is, is burning for Formula One. That that's your that that's that's a goat, right? That's a goat that could not match a Seb when he was in the good car. Rather, he took to social media and media to lament how Seb winning could bore F1 fans and eventually stop people from watching. So that that same goat you are talking about, like that goat. Wow. Um, Imadi, please um, go ahead, please. <laughs> I've actually been laughing and Adebayo has been trying to beat me to talk and that's why he has been going on all this. Don't worry, it's me. I'm the one he's directing this to. But it's actually funny that someone who whose, team, whose driver had, I think, a 46-point lead after a couple of races is suddenly, um, is it 36 points behind now or something like that? is so bold to say certain things and um let's let me remind you at the bio as well you said seb was chased out of the team okay let's accept it but the same trend that is going with russell and lewis as russell has been dusting and decking lewis regularly for the past how many races was how leclerc was actually decking and dusting seb in 2019 so chances are Lewis might be pursued with horse sweep out of the team as well. So time will tell. And all this year, all everything you're saying would come to light at some point. This is serious. This is serious. I didn't expect this uh, much, much cooking for Seb as an individual and as a, an activist. Um, Adibayo, I see your hand is up. Please, Adibayo, please don't, please don't, please don't cause more chaos. I beg you. I will take, I, I will take the accusation on my full chest, right? Actually, Adikola was never my target. To be fair, to be very fair, right? Madeu was my target, right? And thankfully, he entered the bait, right? All right. Um, so, Imade, I think I have to remind you as well, right? History has it that um, in 2018 and 2017, when <clears throat> Ferrari gave your Guy, a very competitive car to challenge for, um, <clears throat> what was it? To challenge my goat, right? Your guy also suffered the same thing Charles is suffering, right? So it's a normal Ferrari, it's a normal Ferrari thing, right? You know, 2018, which Grand Prix was it that your guy was leading, right? German, German Grand Prix. Prix. Your guy was provoked. leading and he entered, he entered the barriers unprovoked, right? And it's still the same goat. You are shamelessly standing someone that will just, you know, keep, Causing mistake here and there, and you are bold enough to compare that person with my own goat. Let me remind you, history also has it that <clears throat> 2019 and 2020, right? Let me leave 2019. You can always say, let me leave 2019 for you. But 2020, sorry, what was your guy's contribution to the team, right? Did your guy even finish with them? How many points? Seth? I don't think they even made 40 points the whole season. And you are and you are here, and you are here shamelessly. Shamelessly making um, claims or bans to a whole Louisa meeting. Please now, let's let's just let's just be calm. Let's just be calm. 
let's be cool, calm, collected with all this cooking, right? We both know that your guy sits in automatic for 2023 is not a guarantee. You both know that one. And I hear talking about someone that uh, 2023 sits is guaranteed and can even like still request for contract extension in the same message. How about now? If you want to cook, at least let's cook with the right right ingredients, right maggi, right, you know, so that at least we'll make a very delicious meals, not but for that even the gods won't accept. Thank you. Oh god. Everybody is hand up. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, everybody is up. On this subject, <laughs> to um our pin, please. Um Bio, you said um um Ferrari's um Seb suffered in Ferrari uh just like Leclerc is suffering. But isn't that actually a defense to Seb that Ferrari is a shit team and can't produce, can't give quality drivers, um, can't give good drivers, good team, um, good cars? Mm? Isn't that a defense to? Yes, nobody. I didn't. Not once have I compared Seb to Lewis. I'm making that clear now. Maybe at the caller did that. I didn't compare Seb to Lewis, but you can't with your full chest say you support a team and a driver. Who was leading? You you just made mention of Germany 2018 where Seb lost lost points and all that. But has your driver not lost 46 point advantage in head? Like you should be the one who should have some shame and just keep quiet and observe and hopefully and pray that the heavens are in your favor that Leclerc picks up and probably tries to match Perez, not even Max. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. I mean, just to ask, I know, I know, I know you said, I know you said you are going to happen. But let me quickly respond to this guy. This guy that has sharp mouth, right? Remind me how many points gap did um Sebastian Vettel also lose to Lewis Hamilton in 2018? It's like you've forgotten history books. We will keep opening these history books. You will run, right? History is there. History is there for everybody to use. You can't be manipulating things to your favor to, just to throughout things to think that other people they yeah, are just dumbies that doesn't really that just following from now on in 2019 or 2020 or 2022 eh? i beg now let's let's cook gently if you want to cook like i said cook with the right ingredients not with the ingredient that will still backfire i know i think color wants to respond but it's not this battle is not you it's not you let's move on to our thing it's me and my day don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is done. It doesn't concern at all. Thank you, thank you. Um, so um, yeah. So um, now we're moving to a two-time world champion. You know um, what's his name again? Fernando Alonso, and then his um French teammate Esteban Ocon. So um, still on um, Ocon. Ocon, Ocon today. I feel he drove. He drove impressively well, you know. Um, tried to defend um several positions, you know. Um, defended the position from um Seb well, you know. Um, then um, unfortunately couldn't defend. Um, obviously he defended um a few times with Lewis. Then um after some laps, then um. Lewis got past him, I believe, in turn three, you know. So um, uh, yeah. So um, um, I'll say for Alpine, you know, 
they've just been up and down, you know. Um, today, um, both cars are in the points, you know. Alonso, Alonso, I, I believe there was a, uh, at it, uh, a point in the race whereby Alonso was holding back um, the rest of the grid here, which was um, which is the uh, McLaren that couldn't get past, you know. So, um, he he drove um, well as well, you know, and then good to see both drivers in the points, you know. So, um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add on now, Pin. Okay, no Alonso slander today. Oh, okay, Hassan. Yeah, I think we saw... Okay, I can't hear you. So, yeah, I think we saw a good yeah, from Alonso for the first time in a very long time. Because, like, the today is not like he was doing anything, evil, conniving, something like that. Even though he had his moments, I just think... I think he did overall... He did good today, considering where he finished and all of that. And I'm still surprised how he beats Ocon today, because, like, Ocon had everything. Ocon could have done it, too. Ocon was right behind him at one point in time. But I don't know, did the Ocon finish P10 while Alonso finished like P7 or something like that? So it's just a weird day from Ocon for me because, like me, I'm an Ocon stand normally. So for Alonso to beat him today, yeah, I don't know. Thank you very much. Um, I think um, for Stubborn as, an, as a driver and as an individual, just the way the team is up down, that just the same way. Um, um, Esteban too is in terms of his driving today is in the points. Tomorrow he's out of the points, or rather next weekend is out of the points. You know, so if you look at the Alpine team, in as much as I personally don't like Alonso, you know, you know, as long as when I say okay, Alonso should not be there or he should retire, you tend to look at it that okay, he's really the only consistent um person in the team, you know. Because um I know I've slandered Alonso in the past, you know, with, with his behaviors. But today his race was um as um Hassan said he drove well, you know. So um it's just um interesting how things are just going to pan out in Canada next week, you know, if they can still carry the same um momentum you know so that's um that's just it for me on our pin so i don't know if anyone has anything else okay um okay so we have um the alpha remembers of both us and um why you drew so and um uh, at the point, um, Guan Yijo was, he actually had a very decent start, you know, was, um, I, I, I can't remember where it was, but I know he, he was, um, very close to the point, but unfortunately, another reliability issue again, you know, and then, um, Botas, on the other hand, well, P11, you know, and then, you say, Alfa Romero coming into um Baku, they haven't been strong. So and then um 
I don't know how that's going to pan out going into um, um, going into um, Canada. So um, it's just very interesting. So um, Bolaji, I know your man VB. Um, yeah, I mean today he was. I, I I really don't know what happened this whole week. I think they they just did not have anything to show for it, and I think with the way. Uh, F1 is broadcast, yeah, like when you're not going to do anything exciting, like we don't get to see a race, so I don't even see anything about Bottas, how his race was going, was he experiencing issues with the car, I really don't know what happened to his race, so I'm just waiting for like official debrief information so even know what happened to him, because I think it was, it was nowhere really, and <laughs> it's sad, because I think he, Baku was a place where I think he, he he kind of goes well in Baku based on like you know previous results. There he was challenging for a win. He cruelly lost the win because of the I think the drainage cover that opened and spot is restarting with Mercedes. So you know I was expecting him to come in on Friday and just hit the ground running, but it didn't happen. Saturday came, it got even worse, and then today out of the point. So I really don't know and. Now, of course, I think Montreal also has uh, similar characteristics with Baku. So I'm even optimistic that okay, he can turn this around when we get to Canada on Sunday. But we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, they can find one or two fixes to the car. But I think this might just be a difficult stretch for him and the team. Thank you, um, Bolaji. Um, Ms. Cartrock, please. Yeah, um, Bottas has been really consistent in this car, but this race has just really not been a good race for him from the practice sessions all the way up to now. I mean, he he did go from 15 to 11, but he also got lapped, which is not something that you he- you've heard very often in this season. So I'm not quite sure what did happen to him because they weren't really concentrating on the back markers. But I do think that he just wasn't having a good race from the beginning of Baku, including practice sessions and all the rest of it. The This track didn't seem to favour their car at all. So I think that's what happened, in my opinion. Thank you very much, Ms. Katrock. Um, Adebayo, please. I think I agree with what the two speakers said about the matter, because I think yesterday I was trying to make a case as regards probably the setup was much inclining to raise and the and the rest right but i think it was, it was clear that um, um the old team in itself does Alfa romero had probably like issue with the racetrack right which i think i have to agree with Imad, uh, bolaji about <laughs> about having to wait for um probably like an official statement around what really happened for to the team right at um Baku. Yeah, but I think it was just the generic stuff. But again, right, um one of their drivers as well, right, had it probably like supposed power unit failure, right? Uh, which seems which seems um generic for the for the Ferrari podcast this weekend, right? Sadly. Yeah. 
Uh, Miss Katra, go ahead, please. Thank you, Adibayo. Yeah, and also, this is the first time in 103 appearances that Bottas hasn't made it out of Q3, which is just so strange. And that's one of the things that I thought was really odd about the weekend, which made me think it must be the car because that 103 appearances and it hasn't happened in both Mercedes and this car as well. So, yeah, I think it's a car. Thank you. Um, thank you, Miss Catrick. But I believe um, that, is this the first or the second time? Because um, I believe second, I believe. Yeah, second time. Yeah, yeah. happened this season, unfortunately. Um, yeah, is this Saudi or I can't remember one of the races though. Oh, oh, Australia, one of them. I believe it was Australia because I think that one was very personal to him. So yeah, but. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to say on. It's not the second time because I googled it, and it it's the first time in one hundred and three because there is actually an article about it. Oh. Because I remember they're quoting it in um when I was watching the the qualies, and I was like, oh wow, that's strange. Google it and see. It's the first time. Okay. Um yeah, I believe it was I believe it was Australia, you know. Because um yeah, um where his Q three streak ended. Yeah, he, he qualified soft in Australia. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I knew I was right okay. about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I think that record um she stated was for getting to Q two, right, which still stands. Okay, right. yeah. Um, I think the commentator made a mistake at first and he corrected himself when he qualified P15 after Q3. After Q1, right? Okay. Um, thank you, Bolaji. So, um, so guys, um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add on the alphas just before we move on to um, Haas. Okay. Okay. Um house. Um I think as I said yesterday, um we'll see the decline from Baku and um sorry, Bahrain and um Jeddah. You know, where where you thought okay, house were beginning to realize why they're in F one. You know, but um, along the line, they've, there's been a bit of um, in, um, you could see the um decline, you know, and the downward trend in terms of um their performance, you know, and then um, yesterday in quality wasn't so good for them, you know, had um in free practice had Mick had issue with his car with the water leak, you know, so um, I believe. This weekend in general, just a lot of ups and down, and then you can see it in the results. You know, um, a DNF for Magnuson, though it's more, of, I believe it's more of a PU issue for um for um for Haas. You know, so you could say okay, it's more of a Ferrari um problem. You know, um so um uh Schumacher, 
Schumacher, I just believe, um, yeah, he, yeah, he, at least he brought the car back home. You know, um, I didn't really see much of him, you know, because I believe for him, this race was just, let me just bring the car back to the pits and then we'll just go to Canada and see what happens from there, you know. So, and then, um, yeah, um, even not for DNFs, probably would have finished a bit lower, you know. So, um, yeah, it's quite um unfortunate for us at the moment you know um hope they're able to recover you know we still have a lot of races to go so um i believe all will be well going forward um adebayo please go ahead i think i would have to give myself like an assignment to really track their development plan so far and probably if they're part of the teams planning to bring in an upgrade in silverstone because I just I just like assume that um they have probably not introduced any major upgrade so far. Probably that is the reason for the drop in their performance. Because if not then because I really can't see like a very good explanation as to how far they seems to be you know, in terms of comp how um, their competitive nature, right? And um and one of the things this would also like do is it would have like a negative impact on a driver that it's probably like uh, trying to prove to people that he deserves a seat in Formula One. So if, for example, the canal seems to even be much worse than Aston Martin, um, McLaren, that they were much better off at the start of the season, um, then it poses like a very great threat because there won't be like a car for Mick to really show at least the level of uh show the level um show is a um, competitive nature to people that okay probably he still deserves to be in F1 and you know one of the things that could also bring is you know as a team uh, probably in need of also a need of sponsors as well. And um truthfully you now in F2, there are a whole lot of there are a lot of guys out there, you know, putting in massive performances, right? There's Felipe Drogovic, a Brazilian that could easily get sponsorship based on the fact that um Brazilian and um, Brazil would want to have an F1 driver. Um, um there is there um there is this um Ferrari there are two Ferrari guys as well. I can't really remember them. I think Logger Sergeant and Armstrong as well, trying to pull in their weight and the rest, right? So it becomes much difficult for him at this point. And I really just hope that at least uh, us can turn things around and probably, you know, if Mick wants to be out of F1, let it, let's just see that us try their best to give him at least a relatively good car to measure the performance. Looking at looking aside from the fact that me could also be me in terms of being involved in much crashes and the rest, right? But again, I think let's make it the, let it just be like a level playing field ground for for both sides. Thank you very much, um, Adiba. Um, Miss Caltrack, please. 
Yeah, so Hass's um, team principal said that they're not doing upgrades because they're trying to fine-tune and study the car and they feel like they haven't found the sweet spot in the car yet. And as a result, it doesn't make sense to spend money on upgrades until they know what's going on, which I think is quite similar to the perspective that Mercedes has. And as I said yesterday, with regards to Mitch Schumacher, people are behaving as though um, his name means that he heretic- he has hereditary talent, and he doesn't. I think he's quite an average driver. He's not terrible like Latifi, but he is not he's not even mid-range at this point. And I'm really surprised that he hasn't even been able to score one point. And I don't know how long you could justify somebody being in the team without scoring points for Haas. And I don't even think he's the one bringing in the money because, as I said yesterday, the money is really mainly coming from that sponsor that came in with K-Mag. So, I don't know. Thank you. Um, okay, Adibaya, I see your hand up. So just to, I think to to, I think to a minimal extent as well, um, based on the fact that Mick is in, as there is like um, um, there there are few investment coming in from, <coughs> coming in from the German investors and um and Ferrari as a, as a team, right? Because don't let us forget that Mick is the, Mick is their um develop. It's part of that development program, right, in FDA, right, and um, and um, I think as well, yeah, I think yeah, I think there's a level of um investment, though, like she rightly said, when compared to what they have as well, it might it might not really be as much, right? But I think like probably like ten percent as well of the team is being sponsored by make some investment. But like I said as well, right. When you also have like other drivers, right, that could also bring in um such level of investment as well that make us in the team, right? And probably probably also have like opinion that they could also bring in additional performances that Mick doesn't really have, right? Then you could get out of Formula One, right, based on that decision, which I feel let's wait, let's just see a little bit of upgrade from us and let's really make a much informed Right, I agree with the fact that it might really not be the level of his dad, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. But again, you know, I've not seen anything from him, and I really want to see if truly he can just put in some decent performances here and there. Right. Thank you, Adibayo. Well, um, I think on on this um Schumacher um issue I think um I think what as a team what has need to even um look at first is having a car because if you have a, a, a decent car that is able that one driver is able to get into the points then you cannot start um, looking at Schumacher but now that Kmark has dropped back you know it's there's a bit of shadow coming back to cover Schumacher and um I feel eventually this whole conversation if he just if he doesn't crash and then we're like we're not sure we're going to any we're not going to any tight um circuits you know at least not yet 
you know. So um, if he's able to bring the car back home in the next two races, you know, this whole conversation of, okay, if he's qualified to still be in this sport, I feel it's going to die down a bit, you know, with Haas not being able to provide a car for a driver like Magnussen to be challenging where he was challenging from the beginning of the season, you know. So um, I think that would just overshadow the whole Schumacher um, topic per se. So um, that's just my take on it. Um, so, yeah, guys, I don't know if anyone has anything to add again on Haas. Just before we move on to Williams... Okay, um, yeah, but you go ahead. Please. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention the fact that, you know, Schumacher has blown their ledger, so they are not as flexible as they would also like to be. So even though, yes, he has the name and, you know, he's a Ferrari driver, he's costing them a lot of money, he's not scoring points, he's not bringing the car back in, back uh, to the pits in one piece. So, you know, a lot of things are going on with with that team and if we trace everything, who is who is the biggest uh, cost item? Is Schumacher, and you know, they, um, Gunther doesn't have money. Gene Haas is not loaded like so. It's one man compared to like corporations, compared to like the Mercedes-Benz Group, the Red Bull Group. So it's hard for him to just be paying for repairs and giving them a flat budget. So I think maybe by mid midway through the season. Like some of these conversations need to come up again because really we can't keep a driver because of his name and what's you know his so-called potential. And I think like uh, I don't know who said that, but like he's not his potential isn't so great. He's not like a transcendent driver that you know like he would you can see that he's going to get he he's not giving me that kind of vibe. I think his ceiling at the moment is like around them Pierre Gasly. And that's the one Ocon was. So I really think this is a discussion that we should have maybe by the summer break because it's, it's it's very important, really. It's costing the team a lot of money. Well, uh, Bolaji, thank you very much. Um, valid points. Um, now, moving on, moving on, we have Williams. So, um... First of all, we have um, Alex Albon and um, um, Nicolas Latifi. You know, so, um, well, Albon finishing P12, Latifi P15, you know. Credits to Latifi for bringing the car back in one piece, you know. But um, I think the stop and go penalty, honestly, this just shows to go. This just shows. Uh, be that they speak in English. This just goes to show how Williams, as a team, function, because they had how many mechanics on the um this thing. Why did they, why were they not so observant? You know. So um, these are the, the like these little things here. Yeah, it matters, you know, and then. 10 seconds penalty definitely going to um, affect driver's confidence. We could see it today. Um, man didn't want to give up um, the blue flags. You know, he passed 12 blue flag lights. And yeah, 
he didn't, and then he had gas. I believe he had gas behind him. So it just um, goes to show, in as much as the driver self is not, we say okay. Many many of us will say he's not um, worthy to win F one, you know. But the team, the team as a whole, like some of these mistakes can be occurring, you know. Like the the ten seconds. Stop and go pen. I will solely blame it on the team because there are mechanics, you know. Like, I'm not sure Latifi, Latifi, um, obviously, when you're in the cockpit, you have a limited view, you know. So, um, even the la, even the what do you call it, the mechanic that saw it, credit to himself for even looking out because, um, he would have, he would have, um, definitely been outside, um, his, um, starting. Um, grid, you know, so it just just um, goes to show how the team is run, you know. So and then um, Latifi again, there are there are strong rumors that he's going to be replaced at Silverstone. Well, for me, I think that's that's. I don't think he's going to be replaced at Silverstone. I think he's just either the team announces a new contract. Or, in a situation whereby um Piastri takes the seat for twenty twenty three and probably beyond, you know, or as the rumors have been flying around, something dramatic is going to go on and they will see Piastri in Silverstone, you know. So um as Alpine have said, um decisions are going to be made in Silverstone. You know, it seems um Silverstone is more like the silver lining now for um team and their decision where everyone is just going to make their decision. So um it's just interesting to see um going forward what happens. And then um Alex Albon. Alex Albon, I'll say he's 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 trying the best he can in the, in the machinery he has. You know, so um obviously with all the crashes and everything that tend that tend to affect the budget cap. We really don't even know how much um the Williams team are able to develop, you know, and then you it now raises the question of okay, maybe hence why they are trying to um get rid of Latifi so that they will have enough finances to develop, you know. So um it's it's, it, I would say for Williams, yeah, it's just a tricky situation, you know. It's just something to um, sit back and watch. So I don't know if anyone has anything to say on that, or Williams in general. Yeah, Miss Catrop, please. If they continue down the road of Latifi, then they're going to just stay where they are but I think that they're in a situation where they don't have a choice because they don't have money and I don't know if they can't afford a new driver so I think that's why they're a bit stuck and I think that they 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 just feel a bit rudderless at the moment like they, they don't have a lot of direction or strategy and I think again that comes down to money they just can't afford to put the people in place that they need to drive them in a more positive direction. And it's just unfortunate because they are one of the teams that have been here um, as a foundational team. 
So it's really sad to see them languishing like this. Um, uh, just just coming, you know, on the funding uh, since um with the rumors of Piastri um going to Williams um and they said having him sign the contract. There's also a story that um the move is backed by um Alpine, so Alpine are are going to be funding um the move, you know. So maybe there's a bit of um money there for um Williams to take, but I don't know how much Alpine is um going to give Williams that would be what or or rather would equate what Latifi and his father give the team, you know, and not that I'm aware of the actual figures, but well, with him being a um a big a sponsor of the team, you know, you, you expect um the funding to be uh, much. So um it's just interesting going forward. So I don't know if anyone has anything to add in general. Okay. Um. So um, guys, we um going to Montreal next week. You know um. Another track. You know um as I believe as Balaji said, similar characteristics we um with um Baku, you know, in terms of the streets, you know, and then um I don't know, do, do you guys think this bouncing slash purposing slash health um risk is still going to be an issue going into Montreal? Because I, I know it's just a week from today, but yeah. Um I don't know if anyone has anything to say on that. Well, do you have anything to say? Okay, so ideally, you know, it should be an issue, but I would expect that, even though it's uh, less than a week of turnover time, I would expect that, you know, these engineers would have learned one or two things from this Grand Prix, and they would apply whatever it is that they have seen from today's race and this weekend's race, um, Grand Prix to the cars to prevent it from being maybe as uh, as bad as it was today, especially for Mercedes and uh, Ferrari. But like, uh, I don't think it would be completely resolved. So it might just be another long, uh, long weekend for the Mercedes boys. And uh, I just hope that really, really, I just hope they've learned something from today and they can apply it quickly ahead of. Montreal, but like because the track characteristics are the same, so the bouncing should be there. Because really, when it's a road circuit, so apart from the pop poison, the fact that it's a it's a street circuit, so street circuits are always bumpy, no matter how smooth the you know the tarmac and the surface might might be, you can't compare it to a standard track like a purpose built circuit. So you know it's it might be a long weekend for them, but hopefully. They would, they would apply one or two things they've learned from Baku to Montreal. Thank you. Thank you, Bolaji. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add to that. Um, or Imadi, do you guys have anything to add? Um, uh, mm, not much. Just 
Yeah, but like you have said it actually. It's I think it's still going to be more of the same. Might not just be as bad as Baku because um if you the combined straights of Baku, every if you combine everything, I think it's not as long as the double the back straight and then the actual straight of um Montreal. But it's still going to be more of the same and I just want more tears, especially from Bio. Bio needs Bio needs to shed more hot tears for me. So I'll be looking forward to that. Bio, do you have anything to respond to? Uh, so I I I definitely know for for a certainty that um Imadi might not be able to join this space next weekend. Um because I don't know, just P6 and um, his mouth is already running. Um, when they return back, and for, I know I know the interesting thing is so far this season, uh, when you are going to your home Grand Prix, at least the teams that have gone to their home Grand Prix has never like performed so far, right? And we are going to Canada next, right? Lawrence, Lance. So I think there will be enough tears for me to to feed on from Imadi, right? But again, I think I agree with the analysis about the pop poison and the rest, right? So let's just hope that probably we get an exciting race next weekend. Thank you, um, Adebayo. Thank you. Well, I was just going to even ask, Aston Martin, what was their home race? Is this Silverstone or this Canada? Because is 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 just very interesting now. I am Imadi, please answer that. It's Silverstone now. They are based in Silverstone, but it's yeah, it's just like Mercedes being owned by a German team but based in Brackley, which is in England. So every most of the teams they are all based in England. So that's that's their home Grand Prix. Okay. Don't be fancy in England now. Canadian guy. We are going to Canada next week. <laughs> I understand, but I agree with what you said. I agree with what you said, but looking at it from the perspective of the owner, your owner is, in, is a Canadian man. Exactly. So, we are going to Canada. So, well, anyways, you you expect um, Justin Martin both cars to be in the points, you know? Um, no, 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 no points. So, please, please, let's, let's hold uh-huh. on. <laughs> no, uh, you, might have to, you might have to prophesy into the... You prophesy. Positivity. And, That's and, how Bio prophesied P1. You go for no, no, but Bio prophesied P1 this morning and then he ended up P20. Did you finish though? So, admin, can you see why I said earlier on that a team with an admission of not finishing within the point and getting P6 will be super excited for getting P6? Imadi just confirmed that now with his statement, right? Right. And um, Canada next weekend is still the same hopes of not getting into the point. And when they manage to get probably like P9, they will come here again to make few marks here and there, you know. But again, on a normal level, and how the mighty has fallen that a four-time world champion will be going to a race weekend and they won't be expecting to finish within a point. Nobody would have expected that. How the mighty has fallen as well that a prestigious team as Ferrari can build a reliable car 
And the last time they won the title was 2007. I think you should focus more on that than Seb. Um, but my team, but you, we both know that my team, the last time we won a championship was last year, right? So, guy, yeah, you're a Ferrari fan now. Calm down. No, don't cook nonsense now because <laughs> you want to cook agenda. That, that's, what, that's what you should not do because you want to cook an agenda. And and admin, sorry, and I and you both we both know that I've been cooking this agenda since 2019. That um post Lewis era, Mercedes should just come and sign up my guy from Ferrari and let's have a Louis um Charles George pairing and let's move on from there. Okay, thank you. Well, guys, uh, I think we've come to the end of the space this evening. Thank you guys for joining us. Um Balaji, thank you very much um, um, for assisting. Um, so, um, guys, um, yeah, just a quick reminder. Please, if you're in Nigeria, get your PVC. It's, 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 it's important. You know, um, yeah, that's all my August, I should tell you guys. So, yeah, please get your PVC. So, um, um, I should get my PVC myself. Me, I'm saying get your PVC. I don't have PVC. I need to get that. Anyways, please don't be like me. Get your PVC. You know. Um. So, guys, we'll be, we'll be, we'll, we'll have another session again next weekend. Um, for the Canada Grand Prix, both quality and um, and um, the race. You know, um, thank you for joining us this evening. If you'd like to support us, please click the link in our bio. And then, um, yeah, you'll be appreciated. Thank you very much. Have a great evening and God bless you. I wish you all a great week ahead.